Today's episode is brought to you by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. They're now open for in-store shopping, but with a COVID times twist. Along with mandatory masks, a few other things have changed. So check in on their website to find their latest updates and policies. Safety first, fly fishing second. Curbside pickup for your online or phone orders is still a great way to get all the gear you need, and they're still shipping across Canada for free on orders over 100 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of So Fly. It is uh, middle of August. We recorded yesterday and we're recording again today. Uh, my name is Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hey. We've got Yelma. Hey, everyone. And we've got uh, two very special guests on the show today. Uh, super excited to finally... It's tough to track down, you know, two people to do a podcast. And now we've got five people in a, in a, on a Zoom call here. It's, it's a lot of coordination, but we finally did it. Uh, we've got uh, Matt and Nick here. Matt, how's it going? Nick, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on, guys. We're going to be talking today about um, about your uh, fly fishing trip recently to a very amazing region in Ontario um, to fish uh, the Nipigon. The Nipigon mm-hmm. is such a, an amazing place, and we've we've never really talked much about it on the show. We've we've never fished it, but that trip looked wild. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I find that whole area is kind of shrouded in a little bit of secrecy. Yeah, it's mm. uh, it's a big lake. Um, it can be nerve wracking out there, big water and the weather changes on a dime. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like even if you're, you know, trying to start out and plan one of these trips, you're, you're, you're searching and searching and searching and finding mm-hmm. minimal mm-hmm. information. <laughs> oh, totally, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of work, but in the end, you just kind of got to put your boat in the water and go. Yeah. Get your feet wet, right? Yeah. Makes that's sense. it. Yeah. I'm so, not... oh, go on. I'm not even sure people realize how big the lake actually is. It's mm-hmm. six times the size of Lake Simcoe, I believe. Jeez. Wow. I, I looked it up before before this just to make sure I was right. Um, it's 4,900 square kilometers. Um, and in comparison to Lake Simcoe, I mean, Lake Simcoe is 740. Whoa. Jeez. So, <laughs> yeah, it, you're going to areas, you know, when, you, when you're driving to your – after you've launched your boat in the morning – you're driving over the distance of from, from Barry to like Aurelia to get to your first Whoa. spot. So That's like rad, sometimes man. we were driving like 50 kilometers one way. It's crazy. Wow. It was rad. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty big. rad. Yeah. And then you throw in, you know, it's great when it's calm, right, Nick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a wonderful place when it's calm. But when it's <laughs> well, one of my questions for Matt before, maybe like the day before we left was, do you know how to drive a boat in rough water? Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on the way up. We were in the car, just uh, maybe. I mean, Amazing. chatting it up with my dad, just chatting everything up, and he's like, "Yeah, can you can you drive a boat in rough water?" I'm I like, love that. Yeah, I think we're good. My dad just laughed. Oh man, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're definitely gonna get to all that rough water stuff because yeah, like just I've heard stories of that too. Even just talking to Eric Lund up at Esnagami Lodge, we were talking. Oh about yeah, and he's like, "Dude, it's it's a crazy. It's like the ocean." So we're going to get to all that stuff, but why don't we just start by kind of setting up you guys as anglers, just to, so sure. everybody at home listen, you know, knows a little bit about you guys. Why don't we start with, with Nick? And they're two great guys, you know, two, two great guys. We met part of the community down here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've you met, know, we've met all kinds guys. of times. Yeah. That's it. Not professionals, just uh, local anglers, but yeah. 
Yeah, Nick, yeah. why don't we start with you? Like, like, how did you how did you get into fishing? How did it all begin for you? What's the deal? Um, I don't know. I guess a pretty long story, but um, like many of you guys, started when I was really young. Um, started fly fishing actually really young, and I kind of hated it at first. Uh, my dad used to drag me out to like the local rivers around here. And yeah. he always want to fly fish because he watched this movie called River Runs Through It and he thought it was really <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah, he used to bring me out, you know, to the Grand and stuff like that. And I never really wanted to go because I caught more bass when I'd go bass fishing. And that was maybe I was around like seven or eight years old. Yeah. Uh, then around like 12, 13, we took a trip out to British Columbia and then actually started fly fishing and catching fish. Took what I learned out there, came back over here, caught my first brown. And that was basically it. Became obsessed. Um periods of life, you know, life happens. And I put the fly rod down for a couple of years and then picked it back up again. And away you go. And I don't know, I've been kind of passionate ever since. I could dig that, man. And your fly fishing photography too is wicked. If I, if I do say so, uh, mm -hmm. you take some amazing photos. Uh, you, you do a lot of photography just like in your day to day as well, right? Um, so I, I mean, I did a lot of backpacking and like my wife and I took a year abroad and went to Southeast Asia, India and stuff like that and really picked up the photography bug then. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I was always shooting photos and then, um, when I started getting kind of back into fly fishing again, you know, like around mid twenties, yeah. um, I was like, why don't I bring my camera fly fishing? And then there was this little thing called Instagram that popped up and it was a way to really sort of share photos really easy. I don't know if you guys ever used Flickr or anything like that beforehand. Yeah. 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 That was big. I love Flickr. Um, that was a really cool avenue to share photos and stuff like that too. But I don't know. Instagram's obviously the way to go now, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was about to show you out, Nick, when I just realized you changed your handle to sell ah. mog to sell mographer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I hate really? that handle, man. I had that handle for a long time and then I don't know. I just decided to change it. And you're no longer Nick goes fishing. No. Salmographer. Yeah, you got it. I like that, right man. On. I like salmographer. Why? Why the change? Why the salmographer? What does that mean? Uh, because most of my pictures are of brown trout. Makes a lot yeah, of sense. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> cool, baby. Okay, Matt, how'd you get no brown, no brown trout in Lake Nipigon though? So. <laughs> There's no browns in Nipigon, Yeah. I, yeah. If there was one there, Nick, you definitely would have caught it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, oh, how'd yeah. you get into the sport? How did it start for you? I think very similar to like, you know, most people uh, yeah. that are lucky enough to grow up in Ontario with a, with a family that is oriented in the outdoors. Um, you know, my dad kind of put a rod in my hand as early as I, as early as I could walk pretty much, if not earlier. Um, and, you know, same old, just catching sunfish off the docks and stuff like that. But I think uh, it wasn't too many years later that he was like, wow, this kid's really into it. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really supported me, like, you know, bought a boat, helped me get the jobs there. I'd have a little bit extra money to spend on tackle. Um, and it wasn't until I was about, I don't know, early teens that I actually picked up fly fishing. Uh, I picked it up from a, a friend of mine, actually also named Matt, um, who, uh, who, uh, actually sold me one of his rods. It was a cheap crystal river outfit for like 50 bucks. Nice. Um, and I actually still have that rod, you know, it's just like, Nice. It's actually uh, sitting up in my soon-to-be son's bedroom, actually, which is super cool. Whoa! about that. Yeah. True that. That's right. Uh, you guys are both daddies. Yeah. Almost there. Oh, <laughs> Nick yeah, is. Almost He's way experienced now. Yeah. <laughs> I keep looking to him for, for advice. <laughs> I know nothing. I'm a year in. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh daddies. Yeah. But, you know, and then I think we can all relate to fishing kind of the decisions you make in life really revolve around fishing at times, you know, like, uh, growing up, luckily had my cottage, um, where I went to school. That was a just partly a decision that I had the St. Mary's Rapids, like 
within a bus ride downtown. Yeah. Um, so that was huge. Um, and from one thing led to another, you know, going to school, then got a job at a fishing resort on Lake of the Woods and ended up guiding there for multiple years. Oh, um, radical. And then that was all, you know, a lot of that was conventional up there, but, um, you know, I was always looking forward to my falls back in the Sioux fishing for rainbows and Atlantics. Nice. Um, and, uh, then, yeah, once I, you know, I moved all over the world a little bit, um, came back home and it's funny how you do that. I'm currently <laughs> living like 20 kilometers from where I grew up. Um, but yeah. Um, and then it's just a matter of finding what's in your backyard. Um, and yeah. like many of us found, you know, the, the few cold water streams that we have in Ontario and those yeah. really were my calling and, you know, got into the trout really heavily. And then it's all about what else can I catch on a fly rod? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I love that. Did yeah. you enjoy, did you enjoy guiding when you did uh, it? You know what? I, I actually loved it, but it's a, it's a, I mean, I'm not an old guy, but it's a young man's sport for sure. Um, you age really fast out there <laughs> yeah. work, eh? in the, in the boat every day you were guiding, I think, you know, a hundred plus days in a row, no days off. Um, and mm. it sounds funny to say like no days off from fishing, but like, you've never seen cracked hands like that <laughs> working for it you know yeah and yeah but fun um took them took advantage of it learned a lot about you know warm water species for the most part while i was up there muskie and pike walleye were the big things mm-hmm. um but i keep saying that it might be like a retirement plan <laughs> yeah i think that'd be fun <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. casually casually guiding that. <laughs> okay. uh, roll. yeah i was like I just got to say fishing with Matt, just like casually his guiding experience is very obvious because um, there was one moment even on this trip where he was standing, driving the boat. I think he was untangling his dad and telling me where to cast all in the same moment. Because I wouldn't be able to do even one of those things very well. <laughs> I dig that, man. Oh, shucks. That's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. You almost showing us. Oh, a yeah, that was, yeah, there was one of Gab's photos. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he came up with uh, my dad and myself last year. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of the the first attempt at uh, taming the beast. That's so right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay, okay. It, so, it, ha- it, like, how did the Nipigon come about? Like, you, you just one day were like, you and your dad were like, hey, let's go to this crazy giant lake. Kind and- of. Like, actually, it didn't start with me and Gab. We're trying to plan a trip um, that uh, unfortunately didn't work out. But we're like, where can we drive to that has, you know, giant pike? Yeah. And I just right off the top of my head, I'm like, well, my cousin lives in Thunder Bay and like, I see, he doesn't do a lot of pike fishing. There's a lot of lake trout fishing, but, uh, he always tells me about the giant pikes. So I'm like, well, we could drive to Nipigon. And then it was just like oh. two months of solid research. Um, and like, I was like, Hey dad, you want to join? I mean, we need your boat and your truck. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, I'm not missing out on that. Um, and, uh, we, you know, hit the lake and we learned a lot. We went up in August, so it wasn't like prime, you know, shallow water pike fishing, but we still slayed them um, and found a lot of big fish. Um, But the whole time I was there last year, I just couldn't help. What would this be like after ice out? Yeah. And we got to experience that. It was insane. Oh man. So Nick, were you just like seeing the photos from last year and you're like, I got to get myself on, on this trip too. (laughs) Well, I was, I was creeping them pretty heavily. Um, And uh, I talked to Matt about it quite a bit because to be honest with you, I was really interested in Nipigon for the brook trout. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really what puts it on the radar for most people. It's totally. obviously world record was caught. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know all the lore around Dr. Cook's world record, 14 pounds. I no? actually don't. No. What's the story? Oh, there? Yeah. Please. Tell it. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm the best person to tell the story. <laughs> 
I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the world record brook trout was caught on the Nipigon River um, back before it was dammed. There's lots and lots of hydroelectric dams on it now. Um, so this is going back to 1915. And Dr. Cook hired a bunch of, um, he was from Thunder Bay, and he went to go fish Nipigon, which is about two hours away. Um, and he hired a bunch of uh, local Aboriginal guides to take him out. Uh, they took him to a bunch of different sets of rapids. Uh, he was using a fly rod, but he actually used a sculpin, which mm. in Cree dialect is like cockatoosh or is the name of the, the uh, bait fish. And yeah. so he's fishing live bait on a fly rod. Uh, and he <laughs> a 14 pound, six ounce, I believe, but a 31 inch brook trip. That's <laughs> And oh a lot God. of folklore around this fish. Some people dispute it like most world records mm-hmm. it, the skin mount was lost in the fire but uh if you're really <laughs> into brook trout you can go celebrate brook trout in nipigon every june i think it's june they have a um, an event to celebrate brook trout there oh that's, that's cool that's, that's cool yeah yeah so the going back to what i was saying um nipigon is really put on the map for brook trout and that's really what i was interested in i think matt knew in the back of his mind that He's saying he wants to catch brook trout, but what he's really saying is he's gonna love this pike fishing that they discovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But brook trout were tough. There wasn't. It's not the kind of place you can go and expect to really hammer numbers. But yeah. um, we we got some brook trout, so we didn't blank on those. But man, I went for the brook trout. I definitely stayed for the pike. Like, yeah. pike was awesome. Those pike were crazy. Yeah. So maybe for people who aren't aware of what is the Nipigon. Where, where, what is it? Where is it? It's a yeah. lake, it's a river, it's both. Oh, it's it's both. It's, uh, I, I guess, depending on who you where you read, it's actually uh, the headwaters for most of the Great Lakes. So it's the furthest north in the Great Lake system. It flows into Lake Superior. Um, some of the northern rivers actually on Lake Nipigon flow north towards James Bay. So it's like cool. right at the, the highest point um, of the Great Lake Basin, which is really cool. Um, it's a giant lake about uh, an hour and a half or so uh, northeast of Thunder Bay. Yeah. Um, it's up there. Um, it, I mean, we, we joked, uh, I live not far from Highway 11, and we got on Highway 11, turned right, and drove on that for 15 hours, and then turned <laughs> left, and we were at the lake. Um, <laughs> it's about as far as you can go on Yonge Street, so to speak. That's amazing. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and then below the first set of dams, I believe there's, Nick, I could be wrong, I think it's four or five other hydro dams, something like that. Well. Um, that go towards Lake Superior okay. and it dumps out in Nipigon Bay, um, which is, yeah, uh, right in the town of Nipigon. Um, yeah. I can dig that. I mean, like you said, best, like known for its brook trout. I think the first thing I ever heard about Nipigon was the Nipigon brook trout. And if yeah. people listen at home can Google this, just Google Nipigon brook trout and you'll see why a 14 pound brook yeah. trout like, isn't like, what you know that's impossible because it's like the fish coming out of that lake are crazy well it's definitely possible because i mean they'll go back to the previous trip um we were windbound for a day and we had me and me and gabbro in the boat and we were stuck on shore pretty much but we were right by our campsite and i was sick of hooking myself i think i hooked myself like three times (laughs) casting in this wind put so many holes in my new jacket yeah and uh so i actually (laughs) picked up a bait caster rod with a swim bait and threw one cast yeah uh, and had another what i thought was a pike hit uh, and we got it to the boat and then you all know how Gab freaks out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> the brook trout. Um, and we ended up, you know, backing the drag off a little bit and and uh, putting it in the net. Um, and it was it was huge. It was over 25 inches, uh, wow. almost almost 19 inches around. Um, wow. Now, really would have loved to put, pick that fish up on a fly, but I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to disregard it. Just yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely not, man. That's crazy yeah, fish. It's pretty rad. But the, the brook trout, yeah, are what gives it, you know, its popularity for sure. Yeah. But um, what that does leave open is a lot of untouched other species. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to speak. Yeah. I mean, there's still people fishing up there. Don't get me wrong. But um, you drive, like I was saying, we leave, we launched in an area called South Bay, which is one of like two launches. Um, and they're about two hours apart on the lake mm-hmm. um, by car. Um, so it's a pretty well-known area, South Bay. Um, but you talk to people and they're at the launch or whatever. And they're like, uh, where'd you go? And we, we, we went, told them like out in the lake and, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't ever leave South Bay. Um, we don't, because the lake's uncharted. Um, you don't know where the reefs are. You oh. don't know where the rock piles are in the areas wow. you could wreck your motor. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Um, it's definitely eye-opening. You know, you get out there and realize how alone you actually are, mm-hmm. um, even though you just drove there, which is pretty weird yeah almost feels like you flew in but yeah you get all these other species that really don't see any pressure which is why i love pike fishing up there um yeah and i mean i i amped it up to nick for months i would say in advance we were talking about (laughs) steelheading you know back in february and like he's like i think i'm gonna go i think i got it to work i think we can do it and then you know all this fun hit with covid and we were pretty much about like well do we cancel like crown land camping's not open like we don't want to risk a ticket and mm-hmm. and it so happens that you know, my cousin in thunder bay is a police officer and he's like yeah like the the mnr is out there like they're looking for people camping and they're gonna ticket and they're gonna tow so um we ended up making a decision last moment to which worked out to stay at our resort on the lake on the uh the east shore um but we, you know, I, I, I guess you could say we weren't too confident in that area. It was a smaller area in order to get anywhere that I knew, so to speak, um, would have been like a four hour drive one way, three hour drive one way. And if the weather Jeez. picked up at all, we wouldn't have made it back. So we yeah. trailered <laughs> we so 15 hours and then trailered about an hour and 15 minutes one way, each way every day. So wow. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of driving around, a lot of gas, but, um, yeah. yeah. You get out there. Wow, man. Yeah. We even threw a tent in the boat just in case just we were, case, yeah. there. you know, you had to make do and camp on an Island or something. Cause the scale really can't be underestimated. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of place that, you know, you casually just get a group of friends together and think, Hey, we're just going to go out there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have been confident to do it um, unless I knew somebody that had done it previously. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Matt would have been confident to do it unless he had the information through his cousin that yeah. it for many times. Right. I mean, the only way I knew where to go at first was he, the first day we went there last year was he let us out in his boat and I just marked the trail on our GPS. And that way I at least knew a safe way back. Right. Right. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to be prepared. This is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just doing my due diligence here just in case someone listening to this is like, I'm going to go to Nipigon and they bring <laughs> and they head out there and, yeah. uh, yeah. and like, five minutes. I just want to make sure that the disclaimer is there. I feel <laughs> like the boat launch should have like a size requirement for like boat yeah. size and horsepower. Like yeah. you do not want to launch a 12 foot with a nine foot, 9.9 on it. Yeah, no way. It will not be a good day. No. So my 12 <laughs> like, foot John five horse, not going to cut it, right? <laughs> 300 weight your, pound limit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe pick your weather. Yeah. <laughs> Can't bring the water masters out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Shit. I mean, that's Nick. Nick, thanks for doing that. Because yeah, we never really put disclaimers out. We're like, you should go fish the spot, and then people are like, going to get launched by twelve foot waves. What kind of, like, what was the what was the gnarliest like scenario weather wise that you got? Were you ever in a moment oh, where you're like, oh, this is this is actually yeah. kind of sketchy? Maybe we should, you know. I know. Maybe I'll speak first, but it wasn't. I didn't have any sketchiness. I just was like shocked at times. Yeah. Like um, June. Uh, what day was it? We had the 11th where we had snow 
Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, Are you kidding it me? It was snowing. It was minus like minus one. It was snowing. Whoa. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Fishing uh, sucked that day. It did. Yeah. I think <laughs> one of the two days we we kind of got shore bound. Yeah. One that was the first full oh, day wow. where we got shore bound. We couldn't leave. Wow. Um, well, maybe like, uh, do you want to walk us through the trip? Like uh, maybe sure. even like chronologically, kind of them. Not every detail, but yeah. Like, but before, I need to know about the wild wildlife other than the fish. Like, did you guys see anything? You know what? Oh, Yoma, this is your kind of place. Is a huge lake and there's yeah. a lot of water, and so you are very far away from any sort of bear or. This is great. Great. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Nick. You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a bunch of eagles. That was a uh, that was yeah, about it this time. We saw yeah. a bear on the road. We saw a bear. That's on right. The road. That's right. On the yeah. way in. Oh, yes, we saw a bear on the way out on Nesnagami because we were at oh, Nesnagami, yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah. Just a week a week apart. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you get in the car. You got. You convince your dad to go again. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, I didn't have to twist his arm very hard. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Um, and you're off. And then like what? And then you mentioned you stayed at a resort or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go for it, Nick. Yeah. First day we got there. Um, I mean, you guys know. Like, you get pretty excited. You can't wait to yeah. rig up, and I mean, it's all positive vibes in the air, and. Matt ran, I think you were wading in the water, casting mm-hmm. as we got there. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Didn't mess around. Is that Pike would come on the first cast. Um, and so, yeah, once we got the boat in the water, we headed out just in this area that Matt was saying that we were staying in that we had literally zero confidence in. It didn't look too promising. Yeah. Um, but that all changed really quickly. We were pretty much, I think it was my first cast I had to follow. Uh-huh. Right? And it did. It was pretty crazy. Um, and then... We got into the fish pretty good. Uh, obviously, we were pike fishing right out of the gate, and we found some warmer water. And I think Matt caught a forty-inch pike within the first half an hour. Oh. I mean, it was forty-one, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this was you know, I've pictures. been I've been talking this up yeah. for months, and we're in an area now that I'm not confident in. I've never fished here. Yeah. I'm kind of like twitching a little bit. Um, we go into this, you're driving around, you know, driving down this bay and there's one area that looks like we, you know, a, a shallow river mouth that's dumping in. Can't go wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, work in there. Yeah. Nick follow first on his first cast. Uh, I hit a 37 on my first fish and then Nick, you think you hit one that was like 36, like right after. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like this is working out. Yeah. Um, the best pike, by the way, like, yeah, it was a PB. That was my best pike. <laughs> That's my a best. nice fish. <laughs> yeah. It broke, broke the ice pretty quick. Um, yeah. and then yeah, not, uh, on the way back out, um, just got crushed by a 41, a big beat up post spawn female. Um, Oh, I remember that. Is that that photo you guys posted with like gnarly, all the gnarly scars or whatever? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that photo was amazing. That's cool. It's, it was beat up. Um, <clears throat> Oh, that one, that's not it. That was, I'll get to that one. (laughs) This, this 41 inch fish was in the first, like you said, first 15, 20 minutes, minutes. like 30 minutes. That see, that's the best start to a trip though. Right. It was shocking. It was probably Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you don't know the area, you're like, I don't know about this. And then you're just like, yeah, this is going to be, it opened our our eyes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. And I need to say that Matt's dad is the best net man I've ever seen in my life. Doesn't matter like anything that he's doing, he's there with the net and like first shot every single time. He was there for it. Oh man, see that's crucial, man. A good <laughs> net, a good net guy. That's yeah, crucial. you need a good net guy. Definitely, he it's doesn't a mess Yilma. around. It's a skill. Yilma's, Yilma's a sneaky, like excellent net guy. 
Yeah, because he's so paranoid about losing the fish. <laughs> yeah, because it's like there. he doesn't take he doesn't take chances. Yeah, it's I like, like it. he locks in, and it's just like it's a skill, man. That netting is it's a whole other thing. That's that's we should mm-hmm. do a podcast just on that. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, me, me too. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Same that's one. cool. We'll put the show we'll, in the show notes. We'll link out to all this stuff so people listening can see. But these fish are gnarly, man. Um, so that's the first half yeah, an hour. First half. So the first half an hour. You got to yeah. follow. You got a brand new spot. You got a 37 inch fish in the boat. Nick's personal best. Yeah. You've got two massive fish and. Yeah, and then we probably caught another 60. <laughs> what? That's sick. <laughs> Working our way up river, but they not were mostly. Not all that big, though. Come on, yeah. be no. Not all. That I know big. they weren't all that big. Oh, uh, sure, a lot sure. of uh, low 30s. That's okay. Um, that's but great. It was, That's it was great. awesome. A great first day. Um, second day though, um, that was when we made our first full trip. We woke up at, cause we knew we had to drive. We woke up, I think at four 30. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sunrise there was, we might've woken up earlier. Actually sunrise was like three 30 next, something like that at that okay. time of year. I don't remember, but yeah, something like that. It was something early. So earlier. we were up at least by three 30 anyways, get to the launch at like, quarter after four and make, um, make a run to an area that, that, uh, I had a lot of confidence in. We, we did very well in the previous year. Yeah. And, uh, basically two big river mouse that converge into one, um, entry and entrance into the lake and, uh, big sand flats and it's very shallow weedy. Uh, we nice. went on in and, um, nobody was there, obviously like we drove, I don't know what that was an hour and a half, um, two hours one way, um, pulled on in and it was, I've never experienced pike fishing like that. Um, it was, I think you caught one again on your first cast. I think Nick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And this was coming into the bay where I'm not even fishing and to be, to kind of describe this a bit more, the bay is so shallow to get into it. Your motor can't be trimmed up shallow enough. So you kind of, someone's got to get out of the boat and pull it across the sand flats, Yeah. Mm. but then it drops off. You drop off into four to even some areas of that river mouth were like 15 feet deep. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, so you, you pull it in and I'm pulling the boat at the front and Nick's casting off the back. And he's like, Oh, I got one. <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit of a dick move, <laughs> but Hey, I was if like, you were trying to get us here and I was casting. <laughs> it always happens. It always, mm-hmm. every single one of our trips, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> someone's yeah. working. Someone's fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We dragged it in and, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was, it's hard to even talk about specific fish because it was just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it was, the only way I could describe it was just like pure mayhem. Uh, yeah, like at one point in time, like we each had big fish on doubles. I didn't know who's to net, and we we're like kind of trying to eye them up as to this one's a few inches bigger than this one. Yeah. That his first, it was it was pure mayhem. So um, I will talk wow. about one fish, one mm-hmm. fish, and You're- it's the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it always the one that really, got away. really really big one that I hooked, and I had him right beside the boat, and then. Um, it, it scared me. I was actually kind of, yeah. it was one of those kind of fish that like I'd never seen before. And it was yeah. like a submarine coming out of the depths. Matt got a great look at it. He's got like yep. this cool casting platform built on the front of his boat. Okay. Um, makes his, uh, his Lund almost like a little saltwater type boat Sick. for casting where there's nothing. Nice. nice. Um, he had a great look at the fish mm-hmm. and out there. And I don't know, that would have been probably fish of the trip. What do you ask? Matt, 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 can you, since you got the good look, like what, what, what was it? What, what are we looking at here? I hate to put specifics, but like definitely high forties, if not bigger. Oh, like it was, a, it was <laughs> so a tank. And at this point, I don't know if you'd caught a 40 incher yet. Nick. No, I hadn't. No, no, no. <laughs> like, well, you got I mean, it to the boat. You got it to the side of the oh, boat. Oh yeah. I mean, you know what? just seeing something like that. And yeah. 
listen, you know, you're not, you know, you're not on uh, your local water anymore. Totally. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. Like we were, when we did, we did the, you know, our very first like big trip, uh, the Wapiscat and, you know, Mitch had netted that infamous first pike or sorry, had caught that infamous first pike. And I netted it in the <laughs> other boat. I remember because he was like, he was like, no, no, it's big. You guys got to come here and help me. And we're like, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then I get over there and I see roll off the bottom. And I remember looking down at the water being like, kind of, yeah, like you said, like yeah. kind of frightened. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's the biggest fish. fish I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's right. so cool. They live in that water. I was like, I was like, like what? what? Yeah. 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 Ultimate yeah. predator. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Matt didn't want to get in the water with them. Yeah. Oh, man. Fair. Like, I don't blame Fair him, enough, man. baby. Cool. <laughs> well, it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Crocodiles living in there. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, did you hear You heard about the story in Winnipeg? Yeah. The musky attack, yeah. Yeah, what was that mm-hmm. again? What happened with that one again? So she was just waiting, you know, um, bare feet and a muskie pulled, pulled at her, her like Dude, right leg her, and just like, it was like a shark bite. It was she had to go to the hospital, cute. I think. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All that, that yeah. was in, that was in Lake of the Woods, right? No, I think it was the Winnipeg river, which it does dump it's into crazy. Lake of the Woods, but, oh. uh, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's, telling the story, we need to preface it that it's uh, it's fact, not fishy. Yes. Yeah, so this yeah. is not fishy. <laughs> hey. That's a good point. Too, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. It was fact. Like, I couldn't believe she had to get hospitalized. Like this fish is uh, not our, I'm like, geez, dude, the bite was insane. We got to go to yeah, Winnipeg, man. Yeah. Man, I can, it's awesome though. I can feel your, like the stoke of that, that first day, oh. even through the zoom call. Yeah. yeah. And I can definitely we, tell that was like a wild, wild day. I mean, we yeah. threw numbers out about how many we caught. And I think, I, I mean, it was in the hundreds, um, between wow. three of us. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I can't remember how many over 40, but it was significant. Um, how many over 40 i caught that day yeah zero i caught zero. <laughs> so I, I had to like weight on my shoulders that's true yeah <laughs> but, but, but yeah matt's dad caught 40s matt caught multiple 40s and, you were and just... not the numbers matter and... but but you know <laughs> i know sometimes you make it up in your head that they matter right yeah, totally. <laughs> they're yeah. starting to matter to me and then about three quarters of the day through i yeah. developed this really big problem where i couldn't keep walleye off my line oh really <laughs> yeah and, I, and you weren't throwing walleye flies no i actually have the fly beside me here because there I think you go show it off it? walleye fly this is my walleye fly oh nice fly that's also it looks like a great it's pike, a pike fly, fly. Yeah. oh yeah it looks <laughs> like a walleye it does it's 12 oh. inches long and yeah. walleye were eating it like crazy and was anybody yeah. else catching walleye uh, at first no no not really <laughs> that's amazing i don't know what was going on but we got in you know we got into this one little area and the walleye were just going bananas yeah um, and they were huge walleye i had never seen walleye me. flies like that before i've caught walleye in the fly before but never never chasing huge streamers like that like eating it right at the boat just like a pike would yeah. yeah 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 they're Swirling in that nesogami too it was crazy like the smallest of fish going after the biggest of flies yeah well, these weren't that small like they were yeah. like 30 nice. inches so uh, yes. high, high 20s over 30 uh, it was Biggest walleye I've ever caught in my life. I used to live up in James Bay. We used to get pretty big walleye up there. Yeah, I would. I've seen. Oh, you man. lived in James Bay? I used to live in Fort Albany. Oh, no oh, way. Wow. I was going to ask, is this the first time you've seen like Northern Ontario or, the, or this region? <laughs> no, Matt. Matt's had a lot of experience in Northern Ontario. Yeah, there you go. Um, I used to live up, I used to be a paramedic up in Fort oh, Albany, my. which is just south of Attawapiskat. Yeah. Um, I used to work in Attawapiskat for a very short period of time as well. 
Oh. I think I just got amazing fishing while I was up there, but I, I was really working a lot. I think he had a lot of fishing other than fishing the local, like, yeah, yeah. Like, area that like the kids fished, like yeah. the little like training wheels area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, if you timed right at the tides, you'd get like some pretty big pike and some pretty big oh, walleye. Yeah, I bet. Um, the, yeah, um, Nipigon, the fish size was far superior. All my friends from, uh, up North in James Bay, um, they all go to Nipigon to fish. So, yeah, um, see, that's the thing I've heard that blows my mind. Cause it's like, oh, you know, they're, they're around such amazing fisheries and it's like, but a lot of people do that in Ontario. They're like, no, I, I just go to the Nipigon or, oh, I want to catch giant fish. I go to the Nipigon. Like I don't go anywhere else. It's like, oh man, there's something, there's all. something going on in the Nipigon. I don't Something's know what it is. Going on there, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about? Sorry, I just want to. Yeah. I just stumbled on this photo here. Um, <laughs> you almost just like feverishly. <laughs> yeah, let's chat scroll, Scrolling through. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So that's the next day. Are we ready to okay. move on to the next day? Day two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah day two. Day two. Holy um, we could, the weather was a little bit different, and we we couldn't make it back to this where we had that that really amazing fishing. That am I, do I got the dates right, Matt? Am you got I, it right, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that that next day we couldn't go as far as we did the previous day. So Matt looked at the weather and looked at the, uh, the landscape. And so we found another kind of sheltered location that would block us from the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fishing was remarkably slower. Um, but we did eventually find some areas that were pretty consistent for pike. I think the first place we went was a complete write off. Yep. We just voted like whatever, 45 minutes, an hour and a bit, maybe with the wind, with the wind, yeah. pound, turned around pounding on it. the boat like crazy. And we got there and it was just a write off. We weren't yeah. fish. The the bottom was all stirred up. There was no visibility. It was uh, super shallow. Yeah, oh, the yeah. confidence was down in the, in the, in the very bottom. Mm-hmm. I've been chirping Matt the day prior that I wanted to get out and wade for the fish because, mm-hmm. um, well, I thought that it would look really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, also, we were spooking them like crazy. These pipes yeah. water that's like, honestly, like twelve inches to like three feet deep, and you could see there the the big mud boils when you'd like yep. be coming in close to uh, mm-hmm. make cast and stuff like that off the boat. We'd spook them, right? So I figured yeah. like like people do this all the time, like walk in the water, you know, try to be stealthy and get nice and close to these fish. And um, yeah, so finally, I was convincing him and pretty much begged him to let me out of the boat. Um, and we got into another really warm little sheltered bay where we could do this and the bottom was hard enough and it was again it was a kind of slower day and I caught a couple couple fish mm-hmm. um, and then it wasn't that fish that Yilma just held up but it was uh, the one previous and that was my personal best pike of the entire trip and hidden oh, to wow. fish but if you know anything about me I get really excited really fast uh, <laughs> my it causes me to lose fish from time to time and <laughs> Matt too, went into full guide mode telling me that, eh, it's a nice, like 30 inch pike, blah, blah, blah. But I knew it wasn't <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> on the day before. There's no way that I was going to be mentally capable of losing another one of that size. And so <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt wrangled that one in yeah, I mean, I think- or anything like that with us. It was pretty much like that, like gator wrestling that you see. Yeah. yeah. I think he tried about four or five times to, to get his hands around the thing, but we eventually got it. And yeah, it was another huge pike. Um, 40, 42 and a half. If yeah, Jesus Christ. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole time I was just like, don't worry. It's, it's 37, 37. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 You're yeah. good. You're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you lose I, it, no big deal. Favorite moment of the entire trip. <laughs> it's memorable. You no, know, I was hearing what he was saying to me, but in my mind, I could tell that it was a much larger fish. Mm-hmm. And when he finally got his grip around the fish, he came over to me with a great big smile and was like, welcome to the 40 club. <laughs> <laughs> good friend, Matt. You're good. Yeah. Friend. That was rad. And it was horrible because 
I, I think I tried to grab it literally five or six times and uh, I just couldn't get my hands around its back. It was so yeah. big, so wide. Oh, um, oh my God. It, was it, is, crazy. it is fun waiting. Yeah. For yeah. yeah. This is different. Like it's, it's like, it, sure it, it is. is fun. Like you're in the water with them. You're, you're, you can, I don't know. There's something about the feeling of casting and stuff. That's just a little more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. more stealthy until, sure. until you get it close to you and you're like, uh, yeah, and then you're like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're definitely on their turf, and I mean, it's like we haven't really mentioned this yet. It, it's mostly a visual experience there, fishing for pike. Okay, they're so shallow, they're so big. Uh, it's very reminiscent of salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not cool. the right conditions where the the sun is shining down on the water. You very can good. fish very well. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were asking me after I, I came back. Uh, asking about you know brook trout and stuff like that why would you spend so much time going for pike it's, it's such a visual thing i i can't think of anything else that yeah. would be closer to saltwater fly fishing than that i've done very minimal saltwater fly fishing i will preface that and say um i've, I've been a couple times but uh i don't know it's it's you're sight fishing you're, you're sight fishing, fishing. Yeah. yeah it's exactly yeah. the experience we had when we That's were cool. When we just got back from um, that was the first yeah. time we experienced sight fishing too, right? Elma was Esnagami. Like we, that's was, what I was trying to say. It was yeah. similar. Like there was the pike. They're not. They weren't. We weren't catching big, big pike at that time of year. But yeah. shallow waters yeah. and it was just spotting like dust clouds and spotting the fish, yeah. making the yeah. casts. It was super cool. It's the kind of I don't. I didn't in was, my head. I didn't expect that for the Nipigon to be sight fishing yeah. on the Nipigon. And and it, we if you get if you get graced with a, a sunny day in that clear water, you can see them a hundred feet plus from the boat. Wow. But I mean, we had our best days were all overcast days. Um, and mm. you might not have been able to, you know, we did sight a few, but I think every big fish that ate, we saw it eat, you know, we might not have seen it on the presentation, That's cool. but you'd see it follow and you would make it commit. You would yeah. pause it. You would kill it. You would strip it fast. Yeah. Um, and then you would try not to trout set. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, um, it, it was it's nerve wracking. Um, yeah. watching those big fish come up. Oh, your heart but starts to sh- pump, you know, when that fish oh. starts following. It's just like nothing else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. I'm, I I feel like I'm a bit dyed in the wool trout fisherman, and if I'm gonna take a week off work, I want to go trout fishing. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 converted. You're a believer now. <laughs> You're a believer. It's just they're they're big fish. They're big yeah. huge predators. How can you, you know? not like them? And yeah, it's totally like I mean. It was like red fishing. Yeah. Just like red, just like the red. Fish it was, that we it did. was exactly like red fishing. Like it's more, more than more so than, uh, you know, done bone fish a handful of times, but well, you come up on it a... just felt like if you just come up on these fish that aren't moving, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> not really, not really like the red fish are kind yeah. of sometimes routing around, but they're not like flying across the flats or anything. Yeah. And the same thing, pike are they're just hiding in those. I, I had never fished for pike yeah. in not weeds before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, "What are they doing here?" It's just sand. Yeah, I was like, "I don't know what they're doing here." <laughs> I mean, obviously they're spawning, but um, or had just spawned. Or yeah, whatever. post-spawn. Yeah, and um, but uh, it, it, it was unique. One thing that was definitely different this year was the. Uh, I think I told Nick to tie a bunch of like six-inch flies because uh, that's what we were killing them on in August last year, like smaller patterns, like smelt flies. Yeah, um, mm. it wasn't the case. It was. <laughs> Big. 10 to 14 inch flies all Husky. week long. Man. Yeah, it was your arms were dead at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all suffered some injuries, um, <laughs> whether it be your wrists or your, even though you try not to break your wrist while casting, but it is what it is with that heavy gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even I had a weird one, like, you know, just your stripping finger, you know, oh, you're like God. actually trying to strip as fast oh, as you yeah. can. Yes. And it's like, wow, I couldn't close my hand. 
Oh yeah. You get blisters. <laughs> I, eh? I, I took time off. Like I couldn't, I would literally be standing at the boat just using the electric motor to guide these guys around. Cause I was like, yeah, I can't <laughs> grip my fly line for a strip set. Like, yeah, man. This isn't good. Yeah. No, exactly. Even with stripping about. guards. Yeah. It's crazy. Stripping guards are great, man. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah really are. Just... I even lost a tooth during the trip. So. Oh yeah. Did you really? <laughs> what? what? Was it? Yeah, on I, a... just I just got it fixed. <laughs> How did it, what happened? What happened? Did you hit yourself in the face with very a 12 inch fly? Of, they, nope. Very last day of the trip. I, uh, I bit my tippet and I, oh. I yanked it. And I uh, <laughs> fractured about half my tooth off. So seriously, oh my god, I do that shit all the time. I bite my yeah, tooth all the time. But I, I've done it a lot too, and I mean, it was a pre-existing injury, but yeah. uh, it happened, and then yeah, Matt's dad made fun of me for it. You just <laughs> forgot it was real bite wire. That's what it was. No, it wasn't bite wire. Trying to bite wire bites, <laughs> just with your teeth. Was that on so, day but, two? Was that on day oh, two that injury? No, it was the last oh, yeah. day of the trip. Okay, yeah. well, that's good at least. Well, at least it was the last day. Day two, we just kept trying to find, you know, similar structure. Because like as Nick was saying, we weren't seeing as many fish as the first day. Yeah. Um, we were working for them. And it's not something you, you come to expect driving that far up and having to work for big fish. Like we were catching small ones yeah. up to 30 mm -hmm. inches, no problem. Yeah. Um, but because there's no charts on that lake, you're trying to look at, you know, what maps you have yeah. and like, what does this river mouth look like in person? You have no idea. Right. right. So you might be driving 35, 40 minutes just to go check it out. And like Nick said, the first spot was a bust, but, yeah. um, Never know. we ended up going like in the afternoon to some spots I knew had some brook trout and had lots of follows. I think we got bit off by a couple of pike out in the middle of the lake, which was what not all we were expecting yeah. in 36 degree water. Yeah. Uh, we thought they'd all still be up shallow, uh, but lots of brook trout follows. And then we're like, well, might as well try this river mouth. And, um, we walked on in, um, we left my dad at the mouth cause we couldn't get the boat in and we kept the waders on and we started fishing and we're looking, we're looking back at him. My dad actually hooks a nice fish out at the mouth, like in the sand. Um, we're like, Oh, should be out there. Um, and then Nick put the fly into another nice one. Nice. Yeah. So He's a sweet fish too. Asking, what fly are you using? And he started trying to copy my flies. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I was like move. bummed. I was like, I can't get anything decent today. They were all, you know, 31, 32s. But what was uh, working? I let, him hold it. I let him hold it for the picture. So <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. that's a good move. Too. You might have, yeah. What fly was working that day? Like what was working? Um I can't remember. The gunner, you guys, you guys all tie, right? It's a gunner brammer fly. And I tied, I don't know, we counted how many flies we tied, Matt. It was yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of hundreds. Flies. Yeah, and we used like six. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's, all, it's always, always. The, it's always the case. You bring like three thousand flies, and you end yeah. up using. I used on. one fly, and it was in a couple different color combinations. And mm -hmm. tires out there, it's called a. I think it's called a hollow point. It's one of Gunner Bremer's streamers, and okay. it, it just fished so well. I don't know what it was, or yeah, um, and it was in like an olive and white combination, and nice. that was the confidence fly for me. And then Matt started trying to like raid his fly box for anything similar, and found yeah. one but yeah i mean it's it's funny how you just get so much confidence in that one fly yeah yeah, yeah. same oh uh yeah speaking of confidence in one fly that i think is still alive although i don't know it's missing it's, it's missing I... everything it still works blinky <laughs> blinky Fuck. it's like a chartreuse kind of big it, it's Musty it's like fly. a blob now yeah. yeah it was like a tiger tiger <laughs> so, tiger fire or something like that yeah so, but you, okay. So that's awesome. But you did eventually get in, into the brook trout. So yeah, when, when did day. that happen? That was the following day. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. We, we got, uh, you know, my dad has, he's 
has this weather radio with him that he carries everywhere when he's out in the boat, like one of those nautical radios. Yeah. Um, and he's constantly listening to that weather channel. And I mean, I can't do that horrible robotic voice that's on it. I'm not even going <laughs> to cry, but we all kind of know what it is. Yeah. And he will be, I think, Nick, you've got photos of him. I'm ripping on plane and he can't hear the things. He's got it right next to his ear trying to hear the <laughs> weather. And it's like flat calm out, you know, like he's yeah. just so cautious. Yeah. But um, that whole night we were sitting around. I think we had some beauty steaks for dinner that night. Nice. And we were like, the weather is just not good tomorrow. So maybe tomorrow's a river day. Okay. Um, and none of us had been on the Nipigon River um, before the Fisher Brook Trout. Yeah. So um, with some advice from some people, we found a launch um, towards the top end of the river where it dumps into, or where the lake dumps into the river, the first dam. Um, and we drive on up, uh, we put the boat in, um, and it's a relatively decent run up until some of the famous areas um, like Split Rock Narrows, that area everyone's kind of, if you've been there, you, you know where that is. It's not a secret spot by any means. Um, and uh, it's moving water. Like you're, you're running up river at you know, 35 miles an hour and you're maybe not, not white water every time, all the time, but it's What's moving that? and the boat's kind of left and right yeah, without yeah, yeah. you controlling it. Um, and we, we ran up to some famous drifts and, and fish and fish and fish and, nada like really perfect conditions like it was windy but like we were making it work yeah not seeing any follows nothing wow. um the scenery is unreal unbelievable oh yeah. yeah oh my goodness it's just huge rock walls everywhere yeah. canyon big white really water canyons through. oh yeah yeah i mean you can't wade like walk the shoreline there's no way oh wow oh wow yeah. one spot yeah. right man yeah well we found one spot you can wade <laughs> Nick, Nick wanted to wait again, and I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't going to argue him this time. Um, <laughs> after we fished for a while, we we pulled onto this little island, um, right up near the top. Yeah. And I had this, um, this this big current scene with it, some big eddies, and it was weird switching from lake mode into into river mode again, uh, and trying to like read the river for what it was. Um, and we we parked the boat and we walked up river, and I picked a spot where there was this probably a, a 12 or 13 foot whirlpool eddy kind of area and I was fishing it and I didn't catch anything and I was making some casts out into the main current and swinging um, streamers and Nick's like oh that spot looks really good and I'm like yeah yeah I fished it already like nothing so whatever I go to walk past it I'm like I should throw another cast in there and I throw a little uh, four inch smelt looking pattern in there and I'm just watching it like I, I made this thing up just a simple craft for a streamer nothing special mm -hmm. And I'm just watching it kind of undulating the current on a sink tip. And if a silver rocket doesn't shoot up from the bottom and just come out of the water and eat it uh, like straight up and whoa. I'm like, Oh my God, that's a brook trout. Uh. Um, and I let him hit the water before I set the hook. And then I think I might've screamed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it came running. Nobody had a net. Um, we weren't expecting it. Um, yeah. Anyways, got it up on the rocks and it was like a, we didn't measure it, but a nice fish. Nice. High teens, uh, you know, 19, 18, something like that. Nice oh, fish. Small for the Nipigon. Small, yeah. Right. yeah. But beauty fish, man. Jesus. A solid three pounder. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah no. And nothing that was the first fish of the day, kind of thing. First fish, yeah. But yeah. it was like it was a couple hours in. Like we we were working for them. Yeah. So that's a good um, sight then. See a nice fish, like you know. Five yeah. Minutes. And and then we continued to work for them all day, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. The it wasn't easy. I, I mean, lot, that, after that, we kind of figured out where they were holding a little bit. Yeah. And one thing I think we realized was how tight to shore that they hold. Mm. Um, you're in this big river with all this depth and current and big structure, but they're right on the bank. So how deep does this river get? I think some of the deepest hundreds points, we, yeah, hundreds of feet. Hundreds, oh. hundreds of feet? Yeah, it's not in the river at all. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, it's, it's real deep. Oh, my um, God. But they were probably, sorry? 
the fish are quite tight to shore and uh, we were kind of watching the locals and what they were doing. Yeah. Some, of them, some of them seem a little bit more suicidal than others. Yeah. <laughs> tell that story? We watched a, um, a husband and wife team and you know what, this might be the way to catch them. I'm not sure. Um, but they were boating up with their little, you know, 9.9 motor up to the widest water where there's rapids everywhere and then bombing down these and just throwing their jigs out as Jesus. fast as they could. And over and head. over over and over again and i mean if you saw fastest waters moving you get a drift of about i don't know what is that like seven seconds <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> over back up again were, were they catching fish we no. didn't see them catching fish. <laughs> <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing what the they must though they definitely were locals this is uh yeah it's a high stakes game <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah, again it's not like your normal river that you want to just yeah sit- roll up at it and then start waiting it's not like that at all it's huge it's more like the niagara niagara river. right that's yeah. what i was thinking yeah okay. right right yeah okay. yeah really you need somebody operating the boat to hold you in position while <laughs> another angler casts mm-hmm. um, um i'm not sure there's i know there's maybe like one or two guides in the area that that could guide you on that river but mm-hmm. uh you definitely need your own boat you yeah Mm-hmm. a competent operator it's it's a serious, serious keep your pfd on that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. We, were, we were a little nervous going to be honest <clears throat> i know we talked about it previously but uh yeah. we did have some success mm-hmm. uh, and we did convince matt's dad to go because matt's dad's not a not brook trout trout. okay uh he's not he's never caught a brook trout matt nope, never yeah yeah um because then we got into a couple and then matt's dad caught the biggest one of the day no way yeah, he's nice a, yeah now he's a, a brook con- trout guy and yeah, was- he's definitely well. He couldn't hold one at all, but <laughs> but uh, he yeah he his first brook trout was over twenty inches. Oh so, man, that's like, sick. spoiled. Yeah, yeah. very spoiled. Not bad. We well, put it in the net. I'm like, but also was, like the girth on this thing was like oh, football. Well, you on a spiral with it. it was, oh Jesus, yeah. Eh? Just yeah, it was fat, a solid yeah. fish. So he got wrecked for that because I'm like, oh yeah, back home and uh, an eight inches is a nice one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, That's that crazy, was day man. day three pretty much. I did know? not we, expect we, uh, to hear that about the river, like big canyon walls and yeah. hundred feet deep. Like that's that's wild. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's, place. it's not hard to to like put your imagination out there that there's world record brook trout still swimming mm-hmm. around. That's it, you know. Yeah. A lot of people give the river flack because uh, there is there is a lot those dams in place now, so it's it's no longer the river that it once was. That's uh, right. so it used to be a lot smaller and the, da- the hydroelectric dams have obviously caused um, a lot of backup of water, yeah, but of uh, there's been tons and tons of conservation efforts on the river. So it's one of those places that like, if you're looking for like big brook trout now is probably the best time that you could ever hope to have. Like going right. back in time is maybe not the best time to catch those big fish because, um, there's been so much conservation efforts and I wish I knew the biologist's name. There's an episode of the new fly fisher you can check out. Okay. Uh, cool. they did a whole special on it and, um, uh, it's a great time to go up there because believe it or not, not that many people are going there because it's, it's, it's not your typical river. You need right. a boat. You need to be able to operate it confidently yeah. to access those fish. Yeah. And, and kind of know the water a little bit because where they're holding, it's not like, Oh, there's a nice little, yeah. you know, pool behind a rock or something like that. I could just do exactly. a cast with a dry fly. Yeah. It's much more, uh, yeah. yeah, it's much different. That's interesting. More than that. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy man. Oh, Jesus. That's Can't a good day go. three. That's a good day three. Oh, though, yeah. Right. I mean, explore a oh, river. Good times. It was a bucket list destination for me just to yeah. stand and think that, you know, you're, you're standing in the same water that world record brook trout were caught. I mean, you, yeah. you hear the stories of those days long gone, right? Totally. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a wild place that again, like, I don't know if 
I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I don't know. I don't know if it gets fished that much. I mean, I'm sure it does, but like compared to other places in Ontario, you know, I would, the river definitely gets fished more than the lake. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm. Yeah. Lots of people fish the river. Um, I wouldn't say, yeah, compared to Southern Ontario, for sure. Like compared to the, right, you know, yeah. the lower credit or the Niagara or whatever, it's still not a very wild, the- wild place. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's cool, man. But yeah, we, uh, after that fish, I think we pretty much called it. We didn't fish much longer. Yeah. No, it was a long day. And the day before was such an exhausting day too, yeah. right? I mean, um, when you, when you're away for a week, I don't care who you are. If you, you can't fish the entire time, eventually yeah. we tried, <laughs> <laughs> we really, really tried and we pushed it so hard. And yeah. I thought I was really serious and could handle long days on the water, but then I met Matt and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he goes long days and yeah. it's awesome. But a huge part of the fishing trip too, is just like totally. You know, camaraderie cooking oh, yeah. eating yeah. awesome food um yeah eight so good on a fishing trip before um, yeah awesome. usually i take care of all the food on all my fishing trips previously um but this is a bit of a shared duty this time and uh yeah it was awesome lots and lots of steaks and so you go them. back on day three and you cook up a big meal just hang out oh. that's yeah. an awesome day that's Boiled. a great day right oh, yeah have a big have a big fire bunch of beers that's awesome can't nice. did, you cook, did you cook anything you, you cut? Did you did you catch some walleye? Um, yeah, we did. We uh, we did a couple shore lunches. Shore lunches um, yeah. Of course, unfortunately, all the walleye we caught were over the slot, uh, way over the slot. <laughs> um, oh no! Yeah, so I mean, you could keep one over eighteen, but I'm not going to keep a thirty-one no, inch walleye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't catch anything under eighteen inches. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it was. Great. I'm sure if we really tried, we could have, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. we caught the first day it was or second day it was like you know 30 or 40 walleye and every one of them was 24 or bigger like they were just tanks um but we did keep a couple smaller pike that were um that were nice. that are definitely great to eat uh, i don't know how many people here have eaten pike but oh, yeah. Delicious. yeah i mean you can't really tell a difference by anything else they taste great if um, it doesn't take that much work to clean them than any other fish. There's really because all i hear is that you know it's like why bones why bones why bones yeah, yeah. No different than like you know like even a salmon or or a trout like they have pin bones. So does yeah. it. So does a same so with the walleye. Even. Yeah. Um, same with the walleye. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a little bit of a different technique um, to get to get the meat off them. But yeah, we did have two two really good shore lunches. Yeah. Nice. That's fun, man. You, you guys gotta not take you a pike because um, I, it's the full guide experience. Yeah. Uh, he does. <laughs> I don't know. I think Matt when he was guiding was getting paid like. Uh, <laughs> Which the clients have to pay, but it was a high end lodge. A lot. That is a lot. Yeah, pretty high end lodge, and uh, yeah, I mean the lodge I worked at was the only. Close. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was. It's technically a, like an actual five star um, uh, lodge on Lake of the Woods. It's the only one. Yeah. Uh, that's considered five stars. Um, and I, this was going back now like fifteen years, but it was like seven thousand dollars for five days. So radical. Pretty wow. pricey, and then that's not tips. That's nothing. So they were. Um, all high rollers, but you had to, you had to spoil people. So do an awesome shore lunch mix with a lot of bacon (laughs) and a lot of fish and a lot of fried potatoes. Yeah, Um, man. Can't go wrong. Well, that's what I like about that area. Even just Northern Ontario, you can go and have a shore lunch and it's not even, it's responsible because there's like you guys are saying, you guys are catching hundreds of fish. It's like, you know, you keep a couple and eat them. I mean, that's just, that's just a great experience. I love a good shore lunch, baby. Yeah. Can't beat it, and I mean, you know, you keep a couple of fish that are that are bleeders, like that's yeah. the way to go. Yeah, right? be be res- be resourceful with it. Keep keep exactly. the ones that aren't going to live. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, though, I want to just kind of talk about that is yeah. Nipigon has some kind of crazy uh, regulations. Not crazy, but they're 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 amazing regulations. Yeah. Um, the one is like single barbless hooks for all species. No, no way. Live bait. 
Uh, on the oh, whole wow. lake? Yeah, on the whole lake, whole river. So even for pike, like you have to fish with a single hook, barbless. Oh, wow. Which oh. I wasn't the first time I went there. And it's hard to think that, you know, oh my God, I'm going to be fishing for these giant fish with four and six aught streamer hooks. Like they got to pinch the barbs. Yeah. But I don't think of any fish that we lost because of it being barbless. Right. These fish were, um, thankfully, on. yeah, thankfully they, they were barbless because I would say 90% of our pike were down the gullet. Like yeah. they were gone. You had to use jaw spreaders. Although, yeah. well, we found jaw spreaders on the last day. We didn't think we had any. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were yeah. in Nick's box all along. Um, but, you know, open up their mouth for the second. Second pair of pliers yeah, <laughs> exactly get in there um and yeah. the great thing about barbless is they were all swimming off strong they yeah. instantly out most yeah. of them come off in the net yeah um, yeah even for around here now that's convinced me for all all you know predatory species like why would i even bother with a barb yeah I'm like, with they you. don't come off because of it you have your 10 weight you keep that line tight exactly mm-hmm. you're not going anywhere uh, bar, uh, like a fish like a fish is going to come off like it's depending on the fish but like exactly a barbless hook i mean you know if you're losing any tension like you're gonna lose you're gonna lose a fish anyway i mean mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm with you on barbless i think it just yeah. makes a ton of because you never know like if the fish is going to swallow it and you know mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes more sense and yeah. when you inevitably inevitably hook yourself, so that's a good point too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, with two guys passing in the same boat, it's definitely a concern of mine. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah, where are those shades and yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, a good. good. I kind of like that. They probably yeah the the region. They're probably just like these pike are swallowing these flies. Let's just yeah. you know, it's probably a thing. I don't think it's the pike they're concerned about. You'll the, the brookies. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the brookies. Yeah. Everyone else, everyone the locals are like you're fishing pike. Why? Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, <laughs> right. 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 And when they see a fly rod and you tell them that you're yeah. fishing pike, they look at you like you have four heads. Totally yeah. sideways. Like what the hell's a fly rod? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We got to touch on that though. That like pike are just such a good fly rod species, and so northern good. Ontario just has so much opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I truly believe that it's it's like the Wild West and that there's just so much out there that totally. I'm not going to say it's not explored. Obviously, it's explored, but yeah. um, there, there's just so much opportunity out there. And here we are booking trips to where like, like well, no one's booking trips anywhere right now. <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> typically, we're going to Montana. We're going yeah. to Patagonia. We're flying across the world for, for a, a trout or salmon. Yeah. Um, but here we have just what 10 12 14 hours north just like an untapped resource uh, you're 100 yeah. a good point man like that's oh, a really good point yeah. i think people don't see ontario like in other parts of the world they don't see it in that sense but like flying to you know canada to go fish pike on the fly like that sounds badass to me and these fish are mm-hmm. huge yeah i think americans do yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah a lot of americans yeah americans 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 seem to get it they more know. so than people in ontario yeah, <laughs> totally yeah. totally mm-hmm. yeah they know what's up yeah, i think yeah people, it's but it's that remember, thing, you know, like, you know, when's the last time we get to the CN Tower, although, you know, we're right here. We're never going to go, right? I guess but, that's not a bad point. That's not a bad point. You know I, mean? I guess. <laughs> I think, I think. Oh, well, the when's the last time you've been up an elevator, you know? <laughs> I think people's eyes, people's eyes in Ontario are starting to open up to Northern Ontario because it is, it is wild, man. It is like you guys are saying. I hope wild. so. Cause like, particularly now and the time frame yeah. that we were, we went to Nipigon and there was just like nobody really going anywhere. And a lot of these lodges up there, mm. they've lost 90% of their business. Yeah, mm-hmm. American business is where their business is yeah. coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the border closures and everything like that, these guys are hurting. And um, I don't know, like, I just think that so many of us sitting here in Southern Ontario have that right at our doorstep yeah. and it's not a hard trip to make. No. Um, yeah. It's a very affordable trip to make. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know. I I personally just think that like mm. yeah, you don't have to go that far for. Is, is it a lack of? Just, it's just like not knowing. Like it's just an ignorant thing that they I don't know that. that you know, um, a mix of that or exotic. Yeah. yeah. They actually went, they would realize how exotic yeah. it actually is. Bigger, I think the that's, province so that's, is bigger that's than probably them. why, that's probably why they have the Americans, yeah, you know, exactly. come, come yeah. up here because it's, it's like, it's exotic to them, right? I think it's that thing, like it's in your backyard. I've already explored it. You yeah. Know, they, they assume they've seen it all. Exactly. You know, they go yeah. from Muskoka and think that's Northern Ontario. I fish the Kawarthas. Um, like I know what yeah, like fishing in the exactly. Nipigon is. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's, it's such a huge problem. That's what we found out, man. When we did yeah. Yeah. Hearst for the first time, we were like, holy shit, like this province is huge. Yeah, and then yeah. you fish some mm-hmm. of those, even Tamangami and Elk Lake, like even, you know, six hours from the city. And it's mm-hmm. like, Jesus, these fish are this, the, the wildness of the province and the fish that the fishing that we can experience is crazy. Yeah. It's a whole definitely. other experience. So it's, yeah, I think that's a great, I think it's a great point. Like it, you can have quite the adventure. Uh, you can drive there. Yeah. And you can I drive do. there, but it's still a big trip, you know? Like, and, and, oh, and, no, for sure. But I mean, like, you, it's, it's accessible. accessible. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know if my dad will listen to this, but I'm giving him a shout out. He drove the <laughs> whole way, both Whoa. ways, without a rest. Like he, Man, right the on. only time that we felt nervous was about 30 minutes away from where we were stopping. And he did put the truck in the gravel for about <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> that's pretty but, good, man. Uh, that's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. Road warrior. <laughs> yeah, Long definitely. But, I love yeah, that. It's, I love, I love a good drive, you know? I love yeah. a good drive. You got your snacks. Can't be scared it of a good It flew by too. We just chatted yeah. fishing the whole time and it was like the next thing we were there. Time. We <laughs> stayed up 24 hours. Like I don't think we slept. Just hyping like, yourselves. Thing, you know, we we left at five or so p.m. and got there at <laughs> you know nine a.m. and we're still awake. You know, like it was, yeah. it was bad. I dig but, it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely accessible. That's the one great thing about Northern Ontario. It's you don't need to fly there. Um, it was literally just a few hundred dollars each for this trip. Like we weren't spending yeah. a ton of money. And that's another um, thing. Yeah. You know, if you're on a budget, it's totally doable. Just yeah. you know, find someone with a boat and convince them to drive you up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was day th- that was day three, but you guys were three, up there for yeah. how many days? Seven. Oh, we're still on day three. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to, well, the next two go by pretty quick, though. Let's let's go through the rest of the days in a kind of a memorable moments type of way. All right. Okay. <laughs> day four. Last couple. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, day four was like snow, mm. All right. high winds, <laughs> couldn't get wild. out on the water. We, didn't, we went up for an hour. Yeah, it went on for an hour. That's wild. Uh, and we just sat in the cabin for the rest of it and just sulked and read some good magazines. And yeah, yeah that was about it. <laughs> chatted fishing. Little, chatted fishing, had some good scotch. Nice. Uh, nice. Know, enjoyed our day as much as we could. Um, day five was almost exactly the same, except the afternoon, the weather did break. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were at this point, it's, you know, two or three in the afternoon. And we're like, well, we might as well go out for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. And it was still raining. It wasn't snowing at least. And it was like plus five. And we drove out to the spot we started out on the first day. And uh, there was fish around. We were moving them. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't anything crazy. We ended up working our way back into the river a little further than we did. I think, oh, actually, no, it was about almost the same distance we did the first day. And um, we're just talking. It was just lots of what we called Nipigon small pike. They were like 32s, 33s, like a decent pike anywhere else, decent, but yeah. Nipigon small, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and we're talking, and I look down in the water, and I've got a monster behind my fly, like nose almost on it. And we're and this was this this was trying to imitate Nick's fly. You know, I found an olive and white streamer in my box, yeah. uh, and I started throwing that thing religiously, um, and this thing was right on it. And it was just, I was to my leader, like couldn't strip it anymore and just twitch, twitch, twitch. And it kept following it. 
and then it finally committed um, right at the rod tip, and oh. it, it was nuts. Um, That's crazy. Lifted into it. Let, me, let me just project for one second, yeah. Matt. Matt's like, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like his, like his, his, like fish call is big fish, big fish, big fish, big fish. <laughs> and so it attracts all the attention of the boat when he recognizes the big fishes in the yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were all standing there with our rods dangling in the water, watching Matt like sort of tease this pike into yeah. taking his fly, and yeah. it was all. <laughs> and they all saw it. They saw it eat and turn. And oh, when you've got that. six inches of line out, you can't strip set. So you trout set as hard as you freaking can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do it again and again and again, just making sure it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I knew it was it was a big fish. I uh, you know. Um, and uh, I just told my dad, I'm like, you got like one shot with this. Like yeah. I don't know how well it's hooked. And it came by the boat, and he hit it for a shot with a net. Um, and uh, Man, MV- was, MVP. That was a. Uh, a big pre-spawn female and um it was what 44 and a half 44 45 something like that i can't even remember anymore I, I don't know. but it, it doesn't even matter but it was yeah, perfect huge perfect just yeah. big and fat um big female um got in the water with it for some photos because it was just made for a great backdrop yeah. um yeah nice. that was and that ended up being my my personal best pike ever so not just on the fly rod oh man but, you know, so really cool to share that experience moment, with yeah. uh with some friends in the boat that's that's good the snow clears you go out yeah it's raining you're like man go for a bit and then um it made the day was, just made, made the day, day. yeah like, yeah that's yeah. one of those yeah. even watching your friend catch a fish like that like yeah. you don't need to catch one now like no yeah yeah it was, it was then, a special moment we were getting back to camp every night trying to like repair flies um you know Mm because we had our confidence flies and i have a bottle of crazy glue and we're trying to glue them back together and yeah accidentally gluing your mouth um (laughs) that did happen (laughs) oh yeah yeah. trying to put some glue into a tight spot and you (laughs) scratch your lip and then your finger stuck to your lip you're like come on (laughs) um but yeah it was really memorable time that day it was cold we were freezing but it's some good fish um and then, uh, that's adventure. I think that's just well, adventure. Then that was our final day on Nipigon. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Next day. Yeah. So, well, it wasn't supposed to be our final day. It wasn't supposed to be, but it was, Yeah, it was. And we had a, a rule around our camp that if the weather was good, we were going to make the long run out to our favorite spot. The day, the spot mm-hmm. that we had that, uh, produced Epic day. fish, right. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, like you just, you can't do it most days. So, mm-hmm. We were kind of chomping at the bit, crossing our fingers, praying to the fish gods, please let Worked. us get back to this location. Yeah. And we had a bit of a dodgy weather forecast. We thought we could do it, put my trust in my guide, and uh, and we made the run, and yeah. we did get there. And the weather was uh, remarkably cooler. And I mean, that's another thing just to mention is that even though you go all this way to Northern Ontario and drive 14 hours, there's no guarantee that it's going to be the best day every single day, right? You have to- Yeah, exactly. Patience. Yeah. Um, no matter what fishing trip you go on, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter what species or where you're going. We got there and uh, it wasn't as good as it was that that second day, but it was still really, really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we had another really great day, a really long day, really put the time in. And, uh, and that was in, in, to get fish that day was all about slowing down. We really put on sink tips and we were like really dredging bottom with the flies. Hmm. Um, we had next to no wind once we got to our spot, which was hilarious. It took us like three hours of pounding in the wind to get there. Um, and then Jeez. we get there and the wind dies completely. That's um, nice. 
yeah, it was nice. I made for a nice ride back. Um, but yeah, slowed right down with that big cold front. Um, we did, I think we ended up shrinking down the size of our flies, uh, more natural colors. Um, and mm-hmm. that did work. It wasn't as, as Nick said, wasn't as, you know, uh, it wasn't as crazy as the first real day out there. Um, well, we made, we made it happen with, uh, a couple forties in the boat. Um, well, actually more than that, but it was, you know, <laughs> nice. it, it was, it was solid. Um, this wasn't three at a time. Yeah, it wasn't three at a time. It was one percent <laughs> time in the boat. Um, and my dad always has this history when we're out fishing on trips. I drive the boat most of the time. He's more confident in me driving it, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he usually picks up the boat for about you know ten or fifteen minutes here or there and ends up hitting something. Um, and, and that's exactly what he did uh, this time. He dragged the motor through some through some muck, and uh, wow. all of a sudden it wasn't uh, you know peeing out any water. Um, oh, yeah. And we tried cleaning it, and at this point we're Ugh. two hours from the launch, so oh, we're uh, trying oh. to clean it out with heavy fluorocarbon, like hundred pound fluorocarbon, sticking it through the motor, trying to clean it out. Yeah. It was stressful. Couldn't get it to, couldn't get it to, to piss any water. Um, oh my god! So luckily it was cool enough, and I think we were all kind of stressed, and we just said, "Well, let's just yeah, fingers crossed. It. Let's yeah. do it." Um, it would have been a long paddle. It would have been a very long paddle. <laughs> Man, yeah, two uh, hours. Yeah, it was wild at full, you know, on plane, like almost 40 miles an hour. So like you're, it would have been a long one. Um, Big water. So we, we took our, we took our time about half throttle the whole way back, made it back in one piece. And my dad was so confident. He's like, we'll drop the lower unit out tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll get it working. Every time I do that, no problem. Uh, Morning came, uh, we did that. uh, Couldn't get it to work. Um, No matter what we tried. So that kind of ended our trip on the lake. um, And we were all feeling kind of bummed because wasn't the weather perfect that day, Nick? <laughs> it was the best. Of course, no wind, flat calm. It oh was like God. warm. It, it was sunny. So the pike would have been just chomping. Oh, um, but I said, hey, we're up here. Who cares at that point, though? Who yeah, cares? We had a yeah. great trip. You know, and, I'm, I, and I'm bummed. I'm, yeah. I'm still a bum though. I'm like, it's one oh, more it been great to get another few 40s. But, one more know, day, but you guys had yeah. your time and it was, it was, yeah. it was great, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then just before we're, you know, we're packing up and I'm like, Nick, have you, we, we, have you ever driven along Lake Superior? Cause we came up uh, right. highway 11 the whole way. Yeah. He's like, Oh no, I haven't done that drive. And I'm like, okay, like, well, we could stop at some rivers like along the way maybe and do some fishing. And, um, we're thinking about it. And then I'm talking, ta- I'm, ta- I'm messaging some friends and it turns out like the St. Mary's Rapids were, were going off pretty good. Um, and I'm like, have you ever fished the rapids? And he goes, yeah. Oh no, never. I'm like, okay, let's go fish the rapids. Yeah. Um, so we, we drove the six hours down. My dad's like, I'm not, I'm not going to go fish. I'm just going to nap. And, um, we, we, we parked and we, me and him walked in, uh, we ended up spending like five hours on the same Mary's, uh, ran into some, ran into John Giuliani, famous rapids guide there, chatted for a mm-hmm. while, um, actually ended up like looking at my, my, or cause we didn't have any like actual Atlantic stuff. He laughed at our setups. Cause like I didn't oh, have really? my spay rod or my switch rod. I had my, you know, yeah. 10 foot eight weight. And I'm like, okay, I can make this work. I can swing with this. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at the stuff. He's like, dude, sink tips here. Like, you no way the water's too clear. Oh, um, really? and he's like, you need like 15 foot, like Scandi leaders. Yeah. Um, so he ended up showing us all this. Uh, and then like laughing at our, our, our like what we would think of as like my yeah. favorite steelhead flies and stuff and he's like no 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 like salmon fry small little salmon fry so he gave us a couple flies which was really rad nice. um guy was super nice gave us some flies told us even like where to go oh sick uh, and we go out to those areas we start swinging and you know swinging is a low percentage game but um, yeah. you know usually uh very memorable when you do get a fish yeah um, mm-hmm. and, and nothing no fish yeah. no fish not yeah. getting anything take a quick walk up up the berm down the middle and me and nick are walking up towards the dam and 
you see an Atlantic rise and we're like, Oh, and, and I'm like, okay. And I was in front of him. Nick's like cast at it. So I go to cast. And of course the fish is like right on the surface, easy, easy within access. And I get the huge wind knot in my guides and it's just a mess. Like if this fish picks yeah. up my fly, he's going to break off my, eight <laughs> yeah. tip, no problem. Yeah. Um, and I'm picking it out. And as I'm just about done picking it out, you feel the line tighten and start moving. And I'm like, oh no, oh, like I no. got him. Um, but luckily, I don't know, man, it's fish okay. must have been smiling on me. Like the knot just pulled right out on its own. Um, um, the fish went to run and it just kept unknotting itself and through the guides. Sick. I started jumping um, and ended up getting, hooking my first Atlantic in the, ra in the rapids, which was cool. Holy oh, shit. Um, so jumping so all over sick. the place. Um, and uh you know a few minutes and we're walking down the berm and if anybody's been there if you're on that berm there's nowhere comfortable to land a fish right the currents whipping by you it's deep you can't get in the water and wade in most spots to tail a fish yeah. we didn't have a net um and uh, i get the fish about on the berm about 20 feet down from me and nick's there whoa, to at it. if that Matt, Matt started saying oh yeah oh, i have a history with this place yes. <laughs> it it psyched you. i psyched it up yeah oh. up like crazy. I, i've hooked a bunch of atlantics here i've never landed one all that kind of stuff oh yeah and nick's like well okay, okay. well we're gonna do this yeah and i've never seen someone tail a fish that intensely oh, yeah there you <laughs> go. it was like a grizzly bear just like grabbing <laughs> a wild salmon out of a river That's um, awesome. he put his hands on it Good. and he had it and i was like holy crap like he actually got it he That's was up to sick. his elbows to, to like you know tail that thing uh, and he, well, must have been a good moment. Oh, and he pulls out like a solid, like eight pound chrome Atlantic. Must it's, have felt pretty uh, good, Nick. Man, that good. must have felt good, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just didn't want to lose the fish, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It was just a big moment, right? Yeah, uh, that was cool. What a cool way to kind of end the trip. You know, we Sick. didn't expect it, but it ended up adding another species. Um, oh, and and you can go up there in June and catch steelhead. We were doing that too. That's so, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy, yeah. man. I didn't know that. Multiple steelhead. Yeah, you're swinging. It felt like the most round of fishing on our end of our trip, really. Yeah, it did. We didn't plan it. It wasn't expected. Not at all. Uh, I mean, again, I, I, everybody has known about St. Mary's Rapids. Yeah, the pink salmon and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was a lot. That's cool. Oh, Expected the unexpected. It's a lot. It's the title of my life here. Yeah, such here a cool, yeah, definitely. <laughs> such a cool way to round out such a, a already awesome trip. Yeah. Dang. Uh, and making lemonade. Some yeah. lemonade. Definitely. Making lemonade for sure. Love that. Yeah, dig that. Cool. Yeah, Great trip. It. Great trip, guys. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Dang. Already planning next year. Yeah. I can love I can dig that. Guys, we got we, we got a Mitchie's fishies, you guys. Oh boy. We You're gonna miss these fishies. I've been dreading this. Yeah. Excited but dreading. I've never met these fishy two people at once, but Ooh, yeah, this this is gonna happen today, baby. How much do you guys drink during these things? Because I'm on like beer number four. I'm okay? gonna grab some scotch right now. That's what's right. happening. Yeah. I've <laughs> uh, been drinking. I've got some chinar going. Digestive. Nice. Chinar. I don't know what chinar is. That's a like a digestive. It's delicious. Very bitter. It's a bitter. It's a bitter. Yeah. It's like a Montenegro kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's made from artichokes, so it's a it's a little bit more. It's not as sweet. Also, still very sweet. Okay. I didn't have any beer. Have you guys been fishing much or I was in Tomogamy last weekend. I did a loop. Um, I did a loop that took me into a lake called blueberry lake, which is not a very big lake. No, it was like bass paradise. Yeah. It bass was amazing. Tomogamy, man. Just like yeah. we were fishing walleye and I remember just like dropping the worm harness down and pulling up smallmouth. Like you didn't have to try. No. One after the other. We hooked. I remember we're in the, well, you're in the canoe, right? So it's like you kind of, when you hook a fish, it's just like 
you know, you start drifting into places, whatever. Anyway, we're fishing. My friend Steve and I are fishing this back bay. We get we 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 double up and uh, and kind of drift into this a mini back bay with like there was a bit of a drop off, mm-hmm. and uh, we spooked twenty to five thirty bass swam into the boat. <laughs> Majority like a pound or two, but there yeah. were a few like tanks, absolute oh. tanks. But yeah, Blueberry Lake was good, and then there was a lake called Castles. So yeah, um, starting Castles to, is the good one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, starting to piece together tomorrow. Yeah, we've been fishing a bit. Um, Yoma, you were on the Grant and yeah. Pitches of the Cottage. So fuck, yeah. man, he's yeah. like. Yeah, those... uh, although you gotta you gotta try an anchor with a canoe, man. It's like a game changer for fly fishing out of the canoe. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. You know, you know the best thing is, and I read this online somewhere, is just get a bunch of basketball nets. Oh yeah, because they, they portage easy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Don't true. Rocks, a rope around them. That's one, a good point. One at the front, one at the back. It'll anchor you up on your spot, and then you just sit there in your canoe. Oh, that's so smart. It's kind of like a floating dock at that point. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it makes fly fishing way easier. Yeah. yeah, a lot of guys use chain. A lot of guys do use chains for for their drift boat anchors. Mm. Just throw a ball of chains out. Yeah, they get like chain at like you know they cut chain and. Home Depot or whatever, like big chain link. Yeah. I like the it's idea of cheap net. if you snag up too. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea of the net too. Yeah, the, Jeez, the net is the net is a great idea because you're right. Portage is yeah, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, I'm such an idiot, guys. A couple uh, weeks ago, I was fishing in Quebec in a lake, um, and uh, I had my full sinking line on because I was fishing probably 60 feet of water, no anchor or anything like that. I was in a kayak. Fishing kayaks are so fun. I love <clears> fishing in fishing kayaks, but I was uh, I was just like being jackass i was just like man it's got to be like 100 feet here and i just kept letting sink and line out and it just kept going and i'm like man this is deep it's just it's not hitting the bottom well and also like it is on the bottom but the line is just falling onto the bottom of the the bottom of the lake and it tangled all around some uh, sunken trees and stuff like that and then i I go to pull my fly and it's doesn't move i'm like okay here we go right so i start pulling on the line and it's it's like not budging like and i was using wire bite i was using wire bite i didn't have like any kind of shock system it was just wire bite and i was just like i'm not gonna snag so I'm pulling on this thing. The hook isn't bending, nothing. So I'm like, okay, well, my line is tangled. I'm yanking, I'm yanking. It's not breaking. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, man. I'm going to have to swim down here and like try to finesse this line around. And I'm like, I don't know how, I have no idea how deep it is. So I get some goggles. I get uh, my, my uh, like brother-in-law to bring me some goggles in another kayak. I throw them on. I jump in the lake. And then I'm just like, here we go. I get the pliers. I'm like, Hold my breath. I just swim down. I'm pulling on the line, swimming down as far as I could. And I got, I must have gotten down, I want to say like 200 feet. No, I was like 30 feet deep. <laughs> no, you went 30, 30, 30 is a lot. Honestly, I was probably more like, I was probably more like 15 feet, but I felt like 30. I was like, man, my ears started to pop. I felt the thermocline. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm in another world right now. And I couldn't see the bottom. <laughs> I couldn't see the bottom. So I had to cut my, my sinking line. Yeah. Oh. I had no choice. I know. I was like, oh, man. But you, you can convert it into some level T sink tips, maybe. Maybe that's what I'll do. I, I was yeah. so bummed. Yeah, I, I probably only lost like 20 feet of line, but I was like, okay. I was like, shit, man. So I, I want to get some scooby gear and go back just to get the line. <laughs> I want, I'm going to do it, but I was like, that was the worst. Oh, brutal. Uh, no. yeah. Wait, this wasn't a new line, though. 
No, this is it? a sinking line I've had for, but it was relatively new. I've only had the sinking line for. Is it the one with all years. the slits in it? Like, because remember yours is broken. Well, no, that's my loop rod. I found out my loop rods actually uh, cutting my fly lines, but no, oh yeah, no, that was yeah cool. oh really? Yeah, because my my I put a new uh, floating uh, line on that for the Esnagami trip, and two days in, it split the line. So I'm like, it's my ah. rod because it split a redfish line, it split this line, it split my uh, Atawapiskat line. So I think it's the, the guides right. or something. Something's yeah. happening there because just take like a cotton swab and you can run it through your guides and you'll find Boom. like your burrs that way. See, that's works really well. That's what I got to do. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, very smart. That's my. I want to do that right now, actually. Brutal. And next time you got to follow uh, Matt Martin's leader formula, which yeah. is a forty-pound um, butt section, little piece where there's a little breaking point of twenty pounds to your twenty-six-pound yeah. white tippet, and you got a breaking point. See, that's yeah. that's yeah. the key, man. That's normally what we do. That's the key. Nipagon. <laughs> that's where you, yeah, Nipagon. Well, that's exactly yeah. right, because you got you're using heavy gear, and it's like, well, if I get snagged, I don't want to lose my line. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to lose your line. No, I only had one line with me. I was worried about that. Oh yeah. 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 Well, one line. I had a bunch yeah. Of yeah. No, I mean that yeah. would you know, and also like don't just let out three hundred fucking feet of sinking line because it's not sinking <laughs> in 50 feet of water like yeah, yeah you're tangled you're just tangled around everything you're just tangled you just got back, uh, backing backing I don't know what i was doing I don't know, I don't know what i was doing man it was weird. i was like it's so deep here and it's like 60 feet and i'm like i got like 300 feet of line anyway um mitchy's fishies five Let's do this thing, yeah. you know? It's time for me to so, five. You know what? I listen to this podcast all the time. I thought I'd have an answer for these. Yeah, guys. same. Oh, yeah? Well, geez, There's guys. one of them that I thought about. One of them that I thought about. I can't remember the name. Okay, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I like when people think about them a little bit. It's okay, Mitch. It's... Mitch is also write them down before every podcast. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like you're the only one who forgets exactly. about them. I know. I, I have them open on my desktop right now. I don't know why I can't remember these friggin' <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be so long-winded here. You're going to have to edit this way down. So. Oh, it's all good. No, we're you know what? I think I, I'm cool with this being a long show. It's two people, so it's a special thing. Yeah, it's I think longer. it's great. You got oh, we're special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. After some of your like real famous guests, hey, oh, geez, on, following baby. up with Rosenbauer? Come on. <laughs> Rosenbauer, yeah. You can't follow Tom. No, I love Tom, man. Be one between us. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, Tom, what's your favorite fish? He's like, Damn, Mitch, I don't know. I can't yeah. give you an answer. I'm I like, hate that question. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love Tom. Great. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Okay. You guys, yeah, here we go. Okay, let's start Let's start with Matt. Let's go with Matt first, and we'll right. ask Nick. Matt, what is your favorite fish and why? Oh, it's so tough. Um, uh, I think I, I might have to break it down into two categories because I'm so uh, torn. That's um, cool. You know, I, I, I'm going to be straight up. I love my pike. I love them on a fly. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. All my old friends that are musky guides are probably just rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but on a fly, it's probably the most uh, interesting fish that I fish for. It's it's the, the visual aspect of it, the strength of them, the flies you throw, yeah. um, and the fact that they're one of our native species, which is really rad yeah. and that underappreciated in a lot of areas. Um, so, yeah, they're my favorite warm water fish. Um, but... In cold water, who can who can hate a big beauty brown trout? Yeah, I know it's probably been said so many times, but ah, uh, there's just you know you. I haven't been out for them all that much lately, and then I went out once with Nick a few weeks ago, and I think I went out like twice a week. Yeah, for the two or three weeks after that, because I was just like so hooked again. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that I lost a couple big fish, and it's just like you get torn up, and you just keep thinking about it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. Pike man. and brown trout. I think there's yeah. some, there is something in. There's something different about browns, you know, because I've yeah. been I've been I've been seeing a lot of browns in my feed lately, and I'm just like, 
God, I wish, I, yeah, like, I, I re- I've been seeing a lot, because I follow a lot of people upstate, and I'm like, I just want to go fish New York or Pennsylvania so bad just to go catch those fish, because there's some, there's just something about brown oh. trout that's just unique. But I think that's the yeah. first time we've heard pike as a favorite species. I feel like it Ooh. is. Maybe? Well, uh, aside from maybe us saying it. Yeah, except, except from us. Uh, yeah, aside I'm from us, you. yeah, I think so. Pike yeah. are cool, yeah. man. Pike are cool. Under, so underrated. Cool. They're so underrated. People are like, I think eh. you made a good... I think you made a good point there, man. Like it's an, you know, it's something I'm starting to think about a little bit more is it's a native species. Yeah. Yeah. It's indigenous. I mean, we get wild browns in only a few of our rivers, you know, and, and they get pounded, but they're still not native. You know, they were brought over at some point Mm -hmm. um, and they get Mm -hmm. so much more glory than pike, which Mm -hmm. survived for millions of years on this continent and many continents to be fair. Beautiful Uh, fish. But yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful truly wild fish yep yeah lots of teeth <clears throat> make yeah. they're angry yeah. they're picky sometimes yeah you know you get them post spawn they're always aggressive you get them during the spawn good luck you're you know you can put a fly right on their nose and they might they're likely not going to take it but you get out there pre and post spawn and they're aggressive they follow they, oh, yeah. they don't really jump but they come to the surface and shake their head they run you know yeah. not as far as a steelhead but they're that 10 or 12 feet of line they pull is harder than any steelhead i think yeah, that i've caught yeah, for that well, ten or twelve feet. They're quite pretty, and they're, and they're pretty. gorgeous. And they're gorgeous. Their yeah. tails, they've got those cool worm-like markings and the spots. Totally. And they're really cool looking. Yeah. yeah. Nick, you said it well yeah. too. Like a submarine coming out of the depths when you catch a big pike. Mm. Like if you haven't done it on the fly, you got to do it because it's talk about a heart attack. Like Jesus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Nick, what's your favorite fish? Why? What's your favorite fish and why? Want to be taking Matt's answer here, but um, I, I kind of have two. Yeah. I'm always torn with this question because I absolutely love brook trout. I feel like they're yeah. our native fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I love. I, I I spent like ten years just obsessing over brook trout yeah. and particularly backcountry lakes, those remote places that sort of feel like you know you're the only person to ever go there. Um, trying to get a map out, pick out the remote locations, putting the sweat in to go find them. I mean, there's nothing like brook trout, but. I was going to see my favorites, obviously, Brown Trout. Yeah. <laughs> Salmographer, yeah. Hey, listen, man, they they occupy my thoughts at all times. And no matter what, the more I fish for them, the more I realize that I just don't understand them. Yeah. yeah. They are so finicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. That First of all, they're, they're pretty accessible for me. Yeah. Um, I love that you can find a brown trout and you can see it once and you can know that it's there every single time you go fishing, but you are not going to catch that fish. Yeah. Right. You know he's there, yeah. but you are not going to catch that fish. Yeah. Yeah. They're so territorial. They're, they're very territorial. Um, I, I wish, I wish, um, there was more protection around the brown trout in Ontario. We don't have very many brown trout streams in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, um, a lot of efforts to restore brook trout populations because there are native fish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of efforts to restore Atlantic salmon populations because again, they were native at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, Browns kind of just get a miss. And um, I just think they're such a great sport fish. I, I, I wish more people who, who, who are in charge of decisions also felt that way. I think that's a really good point to make, man. Like, cause you're right. Like so many people love, it's like one of the number one target species in Southern Ontario is brown trout on the fly. Everybody loves fishing brown trout. I listen to a lot of your shows, and but what's the common theme that keeps coming up in this question? It's mm-hmm. brown trout. It's brown. Everyone says brown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're stunning to look at. Right. Every, oh, every one of them is different. I think that's a really mm. big part of why people like them. Yeah. 
um, is that each one has its own individual characteristics. You can catch a lot of smallmouth. A lot of smallmouth look the exact same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, smallmouth are an awesome fish in their own right. I'm not knocking them, but totally. yeah. each individual large brown trout is like like its own fish. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Different shades of brown. Yeah. Some of that really of blue cheek, bright yellow, spots, some yeah. tight spots. Yeah, golden brown versus a little washed out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about browns is that there's so many different ways you can catch them. Um, certain styles are in vogue right now. A lot of people are euro nymphing for for browns. Uh, a lot of people are uh, throwing huge streamers for browns. You can catch them on like a woolly bugger, a swung classic wet fly. You can catch them on a classic Catskill dry fly. Yeah. You can catch them every single style of fly fishing and uh, whatever suits you best, um, you, you'll probably have success at Browns. On and that's them. an important and, distinction too, because a lot of people yeah. want to fish a certain way. And Yeah, oh, totally. You know? I mean, everybody's got their own style, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, will do it. there's no we fish. A lot of the old school guys are going out there yeah. and just waiting for that classic hatch to happen and to catch yeah. that big hook jawed brown on a dry fly and i I think that's really special to have that opportunity absolutely absolutely you're right we should we should give more love to the browns in southern ontario Mm -hmm. 100 100 percent. great well i love that okay okay number two matt let's go with you if you could fish anywhere in the world right now it's the best time of year to go there covid doesn't exist where would you go why would you go there although definitely pop that deanson scotch baby yeah (laughs) Oh, that's, um, that's even harder than favorite fish. Um, (laughs) (sighs) it's, it's, I think it might have to be saltwater. Uh, I don't get to go down as much as I want. Um, but I have been enough to know that I love it. Um, (laughs) and it's hard to beat it. Those blistering runs, even if they're just, you're just fishing for jacks and you're (laughs) into your backing so deep in a matter of seconds. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna have to say somewhere that I've never been before, um, but I want to go. Uh, and that's going to be like the Seychelles. Oh, my the second, the yeah. second oh, one in two days. We did a show no last way. night. And, yeah. And, and Buddy said Seychelles too. And we're like, oh, no way. Yeah. No, I but mean, how can you not say Seychelles? Right? Not. Like, how can you you watch those GTs and it's like, that's just something I want to experience. Like in, yeah. In, yeah. in the Gulf, like I'm out there fishing for jacks and, you know, you get a, a 10 pounder and you're stoked on it. But imagine like oh, yeah. 50 or 60 pounder that's as wide as a door. In the Seychelles, water, beautiful in the Seychelles, beautiful. like gorgeous place. water. Yeah, is that that's a, where they did the flip flops on the hook? The hook yeah, on, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, geez, yeah, you get a hook and a flip fly. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's the dream for sure. Um, it's it's definitely probably my one real bucket list destination for sure. I think I'm about I, that I think for a while. One of these days, all of all the anglers, we're all gonna just ascend upon the Seychelles, and it's gonna be the most yeah. amazing <laughs> fly fishing bonanza. Yeah. <laughs> whoever whoever wins the lottery first. Exactly. We'll just we'll just we'll one yeah, big we'll just, so fly trip. We're all one big so fly. fly. <laughs> we'll wrap a plane and so fly blue. Seychelles we'll twenty fifty. Uh, <laughs> I love that man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Nick, where would you go? Anywhere in the anywhere in the world, best time to go. Where would you go? No. Nope. <laughs> no COVID. Uh, no COVID. <laughs> That'd be awesome. First of all, that mm. where we hope to get to. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be um, I don't know. I'm tempted to say of like where I want to go. Yeah. Which is unknown or somewhere I've previously been. Yeah. Um, if I could just pick one because because um, I've been there and I know the predictability of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a trip like ten years ago, over ten years ago now, uh, for Arctic char up in Nunavut. It was like. Mm. 
It was like a crazy bucket list. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But last in a specific location, the the camp I went to was like, back up a second. Um, I'd wanted to go there since I was like a 10 year old kid, been fascinated with char, but my parents were like, we can't afford fishing trips like this. It's crazy money. Right. Um, I used to just like obsess over char and tree river and things like that. Um, but, um, when my dad, he was turning 50, I was in paramedic making my own money and stuff like that. Um, I found a trip that was like a quarter of the cost of these other places. You had to eat things like caribou and muskox and stand this like little, God, little, that's awesome. <laughs> little camp that just been closed. Um, yeah. and it's only open for two weeks out of the year. And, uh, it's the last two weeks of August. Cause you know, that the car coming through that little river at that point of year. And, uh, that to me was was some of the most phenomenal fishing I've ever had. Um, Sounds like a really special place. Really yeah. special. Place. <laughs> Imagine that. I got to do it with my dad, uh, who introduced me to fishing and everything, and uh, uh, it was wild. It was the first couple of days where um, they started trickling in, and you're catching, you know, whatever ten char a day, and then it got up to twenty, and then it got oh up to like forty, and and then it just got out of control after that. Oh man. And, uh, you weren't the red char that you often see. They were actually the chromers. Yeah. Um, so Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, biggest ones we caught were like, you know, my dad got my dad actually got the biggest out of the whole camp, which uh, was interesting because it's about twenty over twenty pounds. That's a beautiful fish, man. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not mad. I'll tell you, I'm not much of a. Um, I don't swing flies too often, but yeah. uh, up there, yeah, that's exactly what you do. And as long as it's pink, you're gonna get them. Oh man. And uh, well, it was it was phenomenal fishing. So for me, it would be Arctic char. Uh, up in Nunavut on in uh, close to Cambridge Bay. Oh, camp. God, that sounds so cool. You know, it sounds so talk about North special. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. 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 That, that's a first. That that, that answer. That's special, man. first. Yeah, yeah. very special, unique answer. Might be a first. They're a phenomenal fish. Yeah, char. You know, they're plentiful too. If that's the cool thing, you know, like how plentiful they are, because that's what I've heard. That's what I've seen. At least what I'm seeing online and stuff, but. It's it's just they're hard to get to. Yeah, yeah, because it's big schools of fish running down giant rivers, right? That's basically what we're. Talking yeah, about. It, it's a big river, kind of like um, I would say the most similar river that I've seen is kind of like the the lower end of the Saugeen, like near Denny's Dam. That's big. Mm. I, um, you, you'll never be able to walk across it. Yeah. Um, but you know it, you don't have to because the fish are very close to shore. Yeah. And if it's a pink spay or. Pink woolly bugger, it doesn't matter. As long as it's pink, yeah. you're going to hook up on, I mean, at the time I was there, it was almost every cast. So Jeez. you stop fishing when you're tired. <laughs> ah, that's so cool. That's so cool. I love that. Oh, that's rad. Good. I can dig that. None that's my, that's my choice anyway. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. That's that. None of it is a place we should all go, I think, and experience one day. First off, the Seychelles. And then, and then, then the SoFi jet <laughs> goes back to none of it. Come on, Lotto 640 we're going to do the same. Um, okay, Matt, number three. What is your best or favorite fishing memory? Man. They just keep getting harder. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, there's so many. Yeah. You know, anytime I think I get to spend on the water with friends or family, that's, um, you know, maybe not the fish. It might just be the moment. Yeah. Um, I even mm-hmm. got to spend a, a nice morning on the water chasing carp with Nick a few weeks ago, where it was just like such a calm morning. Yeah. And although we didn't really get into any fish, it was just like, this is why I love this sport, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I would have to say, um, probably fishing, uh, with my, with my dad, um, learning, you know, when we first, I think the first trip he took to 
actually put a fly rod in his hand was we went to Pennsylvania a few years ago. Uh, He's a diehard conventional angler. Um, He doesn't hate fly fishing. He just, let's say he doesn't have the coordination for it. I don't know. Um, But, uh, you know, set him up, um, got to go fish some of the famous rivers in Pennsylvania, like Spring Creek. And, and that was kind of where we started. And, and, um, and, you know, setting him up with a, with an, with a Euro nymph system, kind of teaching him how to do it in some pretty, dis, you know, perfect water for it. And then me walking away and then just kind of like looking downstream and then like, boom, he lifts up into a fish, you know? Uh, and then like the guy that taught me to fish yeah. is, uh, is down there smiling and having a good time. That's cool. Uh, that was, that's cool. There's so many, like, I mean, that's just one that comes to mind. That's uh, a great memory. That's awesome. I you know, think that's, yeah. Spring Torn- Creek's a cool yeah. place. Spring yeah. Creek's great. You know, it gets a lot of pressure, but has a crap ton of fish. And he taught you how to fish, but he's not a fly fisher. And then you had him on a fly rod. That's a great, that's a great, you know, cycle right there. I think that's it. Yeah. I love it. Totally. Short and sweet. Yeah, man. No, I got, I got to see Pennsylvania, dude. I'm just thinking Mm. about, I'm thinking about the States these days. Lots of fish. It's your, you know what, Mitchie? I'm telling you, it's your place. Like it's, it's like the pipe. It's the bamboo rod. It's, it's. It's Belfont and you will blend in and it's not unusual to see fly rods on, you know, on the, on the racks, cool. on the front of vehicles, driving to the river. So um, you don't get, I love that, man. Looks. I love that. That's what I loved about Montana too. Is yeah. the culture of it. And like, everyone's got drift fishing. boats in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. And like, you can say I'm going fishing, but you don't have to specify fly fishing. Yeah. You, I they love just that. Assume it. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, well, here it's like, I'm going fly. I'm going fishing. Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh no. Like fly fishing. They're like, Oh, what's that? Like, oh, what's fly fishing? down there. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah. If you said convent, if you said spinning, they'd be kind of looking at you sideways. Yeah. yeah. It's a great so, place, man. How can yeah, you go wrong with that? Cool. Yeah. And that's what I want to say is like, I really appreciate what you guys are doing because here in Ontario, I mean, I, Mitch, I think I, th- I sent you guys an email when I heard that there was an Ontario fly fishing podcast because it completely blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been fly fishing quite a long time. Yeah. Um, didn't know that other people did this thing, particularly my age bracket. Yeah. Right. Because everybody, mm-hmm. totally. I was young. Everybody was an old man smoking a pipe mm, on the yeah. riverside, yelling at walking through dry cloud water. Totally, totally. Yep. Um, oh, Mitch, Mitch does that. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but to hear that there was an Ontario uh, like fly fishing culture podcast that was, that was emerging was, was I don't know, I, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. Um, I know Joe is part of that too, like um, holding those like nights for um, for like the, what is it, the beers and flies or... Oh yeah, flies, flies and flights. Yeah. Flies and flights, yeah. Oh, Always a good time. Well, and I think it's I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a little, I'm over here in Hamilton, but, um, yeah. um, I wish I could attend those things. Cause like, I, I don't I think that's essential to keep yeah. myself. Yeah, we have a very small tight knit fly fishing community here and totally um, what you guys are doing is like, you guys are right in the middle of it. Man. Oh, thanks, thanks man. We appreciate thanks, that man. shit. Appreciate like, you know, that, like, yeah, right? we just want, we just want, like, we're not, we're not out here being like, you know, we know everything about fly fishing, blah, blah, blah. We just want everybody to kind of come together and have fun. At least the people that are like-minded and want to have that. We're going to do more fly tie nights. We'll, we'll, and we'll come out to Hamilton. Shit, we'll do something in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah man, we gotta Hamilton. do a we gotta do a brewery tour. Yeah, Yo, that'd be cool. yeah, lots. That'd be fun, yeah, man. Hammer has some wicked, yeah. wicked restaurants, man. Like good yeah. food. Good go there, there. Go to the Laura Brewing Company on the Grand. That'd be fun, yeah. man. Do some time. There's so many things we could do. But yeah, There's so many things we could do. Appreciate that. Absolutely, Nick. But what, Nick, what's your? F- yeah, what's yours, oh. man? What's your best fishing memory? Oh, hold on. Nick, what's your favorite fishing memory? Oh, those got into the scotch. I'm drinking scotch too. I got the Oban going over here, man. We're we're it's that time of night. What's your best best or favorite fishing memory, Nick? What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna try to take a really long story and make it super short. I do can it. almost like pinpoint the moment that I fell in love with fishing. 
Okay. And you know, I was 12 years old and my grandma was dating this random guy and he was like one of these old bush type dudes who went into Algonquin Park and knew the whole thing like the back of his hand yeah. and knew where all the brook trout locations yeah. were and just like a really cool guy. And um, my dad and I became friends with him and the relationship with my grandmother never worked out. But I never had a grandfather. My grandfather's died before I was born or when I was very young. Yeah. And I sort of adopted this guy as a grandfather. Yeah. So my dad and I would go fish with him two times per year. And he'd have these crazy fishing stories of, <laughs> of fish towing him around in his canoe. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that to a 10, 11 year old just sounded like the craziest thing. Oh, the coolest thing. And uh, one day we were out in the canoe together because we'd fish two times per year, once in May, once in September. So once for trout, once for, um, for bass. And uh, he'd often say, if you went right across this point, there might be like trout. And I hooked into a fish like the ones that he had often described. And <laughs> it ended up being uh, the largest fish that I've still, largest fish I've caught in Ontario to date. And it was a, a massive, massive, massive lake trout. And my dad was in the boat. He was in the boat. It was like an absolute like victory of the wow. lake. Wow. And it was ended up being a huge, like 22 pound lake trout. Holy crap. Um, and at that moment, I knew. 22 pounds? Yeah. And the lake was tiny. It was like a couple kilometers long. Um, there's one spot of the lake that held Lakers. And uh, it was just outside Algonquin Park. And from that moment on, I just like knew that I was going to fish. Like, crazy. See, that's a great story, man, because I know, ex- I know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to. Those stories we all hear where it's like, oh, you know, that, that old guy that fishes a lake, he's like, I've caught giant lake trout in this lake just over there with a worm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But you're like, and, you know, yeah. when we're kids, we're like, yeah. And then when we get older, we're like, yeah, eh, he's probably, it's probably yeah. like a fall fish or something. Right. But the fact that you actually stuck it, like, that's crazy. Well, he was yeah. one of these people that he, he died a long time ago, but um, he was one of these people that, you know, just everything he did in his life really kind of like stuck yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, to experience that moment with him in the boat, my yeah. dad in the boat, like it was, it was perfect. So that's, that's- that's the one. That's cool. An awesome. Hemingway himself couldn't have told that story better there, Nick. <laughs> that is an awesome story. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Young man in the lake, as they say. I like that. That's, a good story. that's an awesome compliment right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's good, man. That's good. Okay, Matt, number four, Mitchie's Fishies 5. Why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? I think it's the one activity, sport, whatever you want to call it, that continuously challenges me. I never can figure it out. Mm-hmm. You're out every day. It's different. It's the weather. The fish are in a different mood. They're in a different location. You can go to the same river that we, you know, we all fish it. You can walk it the same time. And one day you think you've mastered it. You've got multiple big browns out of it. You've seen big fish, whatever it is. Yeah. And you go back another day and you're just like, what happened? You know, like, why aren't I finding anything? Yeah. It's that that also brings a sense of like grounding for me that it's like you get into this like busy hectic world of work, work, work. And then, you know, some people are going home on their weekend and like, you know, working in the garden or whatever to relieve their stress. And like me, it's like, I just want to go walk and I want to walk with a fly rod in hand Mm. and like try to be, I I can't think of a better, um, more direct interaction with like mother nature. Yeah. You know, like you're actually trying to fool mother nature. Yeah. Like there's not many other activities out there. It's true that you, you that that's what you're doing um and for me the whole my favorite part about fly fishing has always been like you know first time you get to put your hands on that fish look at it up close forget the photos like it's pretty photos are awesome don't get me wrong yeah. but like the first time you get to put your hands on yeah. it 
unhook it and then like feel that like actually the muscle like twitching yeah, yeah. when you're holding it in the water trying to keep it you know breathing and all yeah. that kind of stuff before your photo and then when you you know you you almost like it's almost like your pet for a minute you know you're sitting yeah. there holding it you're mm-hmm. caring for it and yeah. you're just letting it be turning it free again yeah. and you're like see you next time i hope yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, you're connecting, it's just, yeah. yeah it's just no other way i think that any activity that i can do that um that brings that connection to earth and yeah. Not to get too spiritual or anything. No, but, you're, no I think um, you should. But I think you're right. But it's like the only thing out there that yeah. you know, can help really calm me down when I'm going through some rough points in life. And it's something that's always been there for me. You know? Yeah. It never judges. The river never judges. And it never it, you know it, never it teaches you something. Yeah. You know, every time. Yeah. You always learn something. You think you've got it, you don't. It humbles <laughs> you. <laughs> um, it's humbling. Whether it's the river, or the lake, whether I'm fishing for brown trout or freaking carp, like Nick can attest to that. I went out one the week before me and him went carp fishing and we nailed them up in the shallow water and I took him out and it was just like, we spent all day walking and <laughs> yeah. walking and walking and couldn't find a fish. Nothing, like yeah. these things are supposed to be dumb, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, no. and we just, you know, and you just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, well, it wasn't a bad day still, you know, yeah. you got to out there, you got to, you know, get some exercise. You got to you know see some cool, you know, whether it's other species of fish or mammals or whatever. And, and really, um, big thing for me now is trying to really live in the moment while I'm fishing. Yeah. I feel like I've rushed uh, a lot of the time just to get that big fish, get a picture. And then yeah. the last year, this past year, I think I've really tried to take a breath when I'm walking up the river, when I'm walking up the trail to the river, when I'm walking through a big meadow or something and really absorb like, what's going on around me, you know, just the only way to really chill and get ready for mm-hmm. the next week. That's for me great. anyways. No, I think that's great. great. I think that's yeah. great, man. I think, I feel like that's kind of like, the more seasoned or uh, wise and angler you become, the more you sort of slow down and take things in, you know? Yeah. I heard yeah. a really cool analogy once where like an angler always starts out wanting to catch any fish. It doesn't matter. Just want to catch something. Worm in a bobber or whatever, catch anything. And then it's about catching, you know, the, you know, a big fish. You want to always catch a big one. Mm-hmm. And then it's about catching the fish. You know, there's one that you're going for. You're spending your whole day going for that fish. And then eventually you evolve to the point where you just want to be fishing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. You know, I love that. I love that. Which that's is great. that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so. That's such a sweet way to look at things. Yeah, Nick, my friend, why do you fly fish? What is it? What do you get out of fly fishing? I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, and yeah, even even from like like way back when I was like pretty young, and I'd drive two three hours for couple hours of fishing and then turn around and drive right back home and mm-hmm. why the heck am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Um and I've never come up with an answer other than it just makes me happy. Yeah. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Just love it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I I've thought about this so much I can't even tell you like I have no real good answer. Yeah. Um I like it and it makes me super happy and there's nothing I'd rather be doing with spare time. I think about it too, man. That's why I think why it's a Mitchie's Fishies, but I love that it's just, you just, it makes you happy. It's just an innate thing. It just fills you with joy. Yeah. I think I think about it every time I'm on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was in Tamagui on Saturday, we were like, it was my buddy Steve and yeah. And like, I don't know, we we're just having like one of those days where we're just like, couldn't keep fish off your yeah. line, you know? And I was just like flown around drinking a beer and like, just like laughing mm-hmm. like kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was just like, I don't know. It was just like, how do you like, beat that? 
it, it, I, I was like, again, right? Like no other yeah. part of life is really like that where you're just, you know, totally having a good time for the sake of having a good time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally yeah. Yes. Yes. Have uh, a field day. Yeah, you just yeah. go out and do your thing. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, Ooh, yeah. it's a fish. You know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool too, Matt, the way you said, like, uh, it's, doesn't change like it's kind of the way it always is the fish are always where they are you know the waters sounds the same as it always will it's kind of a constant in our lives and it's mm-hmm. a kind of a nice thing to have as a hobby yeah. because how, how what other things can you really say that are like that you know yeah it's true i like that. i can dig it i can dig that this is the fifth one fifth mitchie's fishies mm. five and this is the this is always our favorite one because uh like we keep saying we're gonna make a book one day and put everybody's answers in here and we will you guys hear my drum roll telling you we will i'm telling you we will but matt what fly pattern represents you best and why if you were a fly what would you be if you had to ask nick it would probably be a frenchie (laughs) (laughs) nice oh great fly great Great fly fly. every time i go one of my faves yeah every time we hit the water road trout fishing what do i start with frenchie (laughs) um that it's yeah for that it's definitely up there um there's I'm going to go to a little bit of a, I, I think a different path on this. I'm yeah. going to go a little bit to steelhead. Um, and there's one fly that uh, anybody that's swung with me knows I throw. Um, and it's funny how you get these confidence flies. Um, and often it's your own take on a pattern. Yeah. Um, you've adjusted something, you've played around with it and you've caught a few fish on it. And then all of a sudden with swinging, it's, like I said, it's not a high percentage game. Uh, it's just about keeping your fly in the water and it's an orange and white intruder super random uh, orange Ooh. cone not lead eyes uh, and i will swing that thing all day long whether it catches fish or not i have a box of 40 different other tubes or intruder flies <laughs> in the box every yeah. other color but uh, i picked that up and orange and white yeah the, cr- the creamsicle yeah pretty much yeah with a cone that's the key with a, with a, with a cone no eyes um no lead eyes anyways um and that has i mean that is put me and so many other people I know that have just started swinging on their first fish. Yeah. I mean, not to go off topic, but like, you know, kind of like another great memory would be my, my first, one of the first times I took my wife ever steelheading and um, now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. And um, I rigged her up with a switch rod and I put on this fly and I'm like, I'm going to go down where there shouldn't be any fish Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put you on fish. Like it was the spring. You could see there was fish in this run. Yeah and I taught her how to snap tea and it took a little while and you know, maybe 30 minutes and she got it, got it, could get a cast out 30, 40 feet. Perfect. So I get her going, like just cast straight across, let it go down, pick it up, do it again over and over and take a couple steps in between. Yeah. I walk down a hundred feet and she's like, ah, I'm on bottom. And I look over and her rod tips just pounding just like, <laughs> head just, and I'm like, her hands on the, on the handle of the reel, like wouldn't like, let go of the reel. <laughs> like, like move your hand and the drag starts screaming, you know? And yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's so good. You know? Um, mm-hmm. and then luckily enough, five minutes later, I also got one on the same fly. Um, but, uh, yeah, that orange and white intruder, I think would be my all time go-to steelhead fly and, and it just map? i think makes me up because it's one that i it's not a true intruder like i've done so many weird things to it yeah everyone sees it and they're like that's not an intruder uh, like it's a variant what's the material uh, <laughs> like, is it marabou uh, and and yeah so i, I do use raya um Rhea, yeah. Rhea or, or really thin ostrich yeah. um but it's got a lot of other stuff in it um okay you know it's it's um you just gotta see it I don't know. Send us a picture, baby. I yeah, like I'll send you some photos. I yeah, like it's on a tube. A lot of guys tie intruders on shanks, so that's Tube's one that's cool. a little weird. It's on a cone, so it rides higher in the column. That's cool. You don't. You're not balancing bottom. You're not snagging with it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, but I, I run that fly. I, I think there's one that I have in my, my, in my box that's actually has no, like, it's only maybe got like three strands of Raya left on it. It's caught so many fish, but <laughs> somehow it still works. I have no idea. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, love that man. thing. Love I it. love that. That's a great answer. I love that. That's a great answer. I gotta find I, that later. I have one of Matt's flies. He tied it for me, but I have a fly box of like fly boxes that are of flies that I just, I don't fish because yeah. of the people that <laughs> yeah, you know the like, Hall of Fame ones. Even yeah. though I haven't, picked it, but I know that's like Matt's special fly, so I just like, I save it. I'm like, this is the Matt Martin. Yeah, I love it. Nick, what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? I need to know. Well, this is the one that I thought about, and yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not like confident in my answer here, but I mean, there's probably <laughs> no wrong answers. Yeah, no, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, not really, right? Um, okay, so the one that I think that I gotta pick yeah. is. Um, I, I, the very first question you asked today was, um, how I got started fly fishing. And it was because my dad dragged me out to the river when I didn't really like fly fishing mm -hmm. because he would catch fish and I wouldn't catch fish. And you tell you why he was catching fish. It was because we'd go to the grand in Ontario and he would read this old school, like fly tying manual. And my dad works construction and he has like really rough hands and he'd try to tie this fly. Um, but for some reason he liked it took a couple of different materials, but we didn't have the right hook. We didn't yeah. have the right whatever. Yeah. And so he just made do with the beginner fly tying kit we had at home to tie this fly. Mm -hmm. Tied it like five sizes too big, whatever. Hmm. Um, and it was called the Teleco Nymph. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this fly. It's out of Tennessee. It's not the most common fly. Okay. Um, it's essentially a, a nymph. It's a body of yellow floss, peacock pearl rib, yeah. and peacock pulled over the top to form like a kind of wing case. Okay. And then a and then a brown hackle around the the collar. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Teleco nymph. Yeah. Yeah. So so he tied that really big, really bulky, oh, cool. leather wire underneath it. It was ugly, and for some reason, yeah, that's it right there. Oh nice. Yeah, that's a neat. Do it again. Can you show it again? Ours didn't look that nice. Oh right. Yeah I'll yeah. Send you a, I'll send you one of his because I got a box. <laughs> um and so anyway my dad tied this fly and this thing held like all the special magic powers to catch fish <laughs> we didn't know anything about matching the hatch we didn't know a single thing about fly fishing my dad knew that when it came to fly fishing you should do wet fly swing yeah because he atlantic salmon fished once in his life so he'd go to the grand and wet fly swing this teleco nymph yeah. and he catch fish like crazy little did we know it's a perfect representation to caddis and right. so we didn't know what we were doing. Oh, right. But we would go out there and swing these teleco nymphs in and the river and catch fish like crazy. We didn't know why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I love so that. Me, this big bulky fly just held like this magic <laughs> fish catching power that no other fly did. Yeah. And I got to pick that one because that was like that's what a great answer. Whole sport. So I love that. Um, yeah. And my dad hasn't tied flies in probably like, I don't know, 10, 15 years now. Um, yeah. But I have a whole box of his tied telecoat nymphs. Oh, yeah. I don't, fish them. I don't even fish that fly anymore. That's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's such a funny, funny. I love uh, it. Funny story. Yeah, it's good. It's a unique answer to both of your answers. You don't know why it works. It just works. It just but works. Yeah. Sure enough, in the groundwater tailwater, something that looks like a caddis pupa is probably going to catch fish. Boom. We need, yeah, to see, we need to see photos of both of those flies for sure because that they sound. I'll take, uh, take some photos and I'll send them to you. And you can put them up on whatever. It's not like a secret or anything like that. Okay, great. That's amazing. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. Guys, those answers are great. Those are the, That's yeah. great. Mitch's Fishies 5. Yeah. I love nice. that. That's a great podcast, Ooh, man. A great podcast. Haven't heard Honestly, about it. I hope that wasn't too long, guys. I know we did. No, 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 no. no. no not I think, at all. I think, I think we need to, you know, shine a light on. What an amazing fishery the the Nipigon yeah. is, and oh, yeah. and I'm not. I don't want to take away from the brook trout, of course, 
but I mean, I think I think the Pike should definitely share the spotlight. For I mean, sure. yeah. that that lake you can go out and catch your gigantic pike, gigantic brookies, Lakers that are equivalent to things you'll catch in Northwest Territories. Yeah, you know, may, likely downrigging for them. You harder to get on the fly. Sure. Right, right. We got them the year before, and you know my biggest one <laughs> downrigging with Gab was forty three inches, like gigantic lake trout. Like it's ridiculous. And then wow. never mind like species that people don't even think about there. Like people, you're getting the gigantic whitefish on the fly. Like yeah. guys are getting like 10, 12 pound whitefish. Like it's, That's it's wild. ridiculous. You yeah. know? They fight Buck, like crazy. Oh yeah. I got, my first, fish, oh, I got my wild. first whitefish. Yeah. Um, and that's Nagami. And it, I, I don't know what, it was just shaking and shaking. And 10 yeah. pounds. Sounds like a great they're lake huge. steelhead, man. Yeah. It's yeah. They're like, I've never seen a lake besides Simcoe that gets whitefish that big. That's crazy, man. So no, you're yeah. right. I think it's a it's, it's a great region. Spoiled. Great region. I mean, never mind the walleye like. too. Like, and the walleye as well, like you're saying. Yeah. Oh, fucking walleye. Yeah, it's a Giant species, walleye. Man. Love that. But yeah. is that is so? Those are the, like the main the targets. Should ask yeah. this earlier, but like, do they have bass? Do they have anything? No, really. no bass. That's There's cool. lakes in the area, like south, slightly south of there, that have them. Some yeah. of the locals say they're not. You know, the bass aren't. That's about as far north as they go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know so how cool. true that is because we caught them on Lake of the Woods, which is about equal. But right. Um, right. 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 So, so really, brook trout occupy a very similar niche to like smallmouth. Yeah. Trout. Exactly. Oh yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Eh? Mm. Atlas does not have smallmouth, which is, I mean, good. A very yeah. good thing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of yeah. are there. Yeah. A lot of the lakes um, in like like north, but like like still like north central Ontario that have an invasive smallmouth problem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them have outcompeted brook trout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, all those if you want to catch brook trout on Ipagon, like, or at least see them, we're not experts at catching them on the lake yet. We're working on it, but go to anywhere you would fish for smallmouth right. and you will see them like Rocky Shoals, Shoals, Rocky Shoals, like reefs, that, yeah. points, yeah, fallen, yeah. Timber, yeah. fallen timber, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And you will see them. They, we, yeah. we were seeing lots of fish every day, right, right behind your fly. That's what, you know, Estangami river was like that when Aldo and I floated yeah. the river that day, it we, was the spots that we hit. I'm like, that's a, this looks like a smallmouth river and we're like yeah. cast behind that rock. That's where I would catch a giant smallmouth and it's like a giant brook drought. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's wild. That's really cool. Yeah, it's true. I didn't yeah. think of it that way. That's so really different, cool. but so similar all at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. geez, anybody listen, if you haven't fished Nipigon region, like check it out to Nick's point right off the start of the show, be safe, you know, look into, mm. you know, how you can actually fish this thing responsibly and not die. Because uh, because we have heard it is quite a gnarly place <laughs> yeah. to fish, uh, but yeah, check it out. I mean, it's you know I'm sure there's guides and stuff out there. Do some research and uh, yeah, we'll put some links in the show notes as well yeah. about uh, you know some things. But yeah, thanks guys for coming. I got I, I got a shout out um, yeah. quickly to my buddy uh, Tyler Dunn out of the Sioux. He yeah. guides on Lake Nipigon. Okay, um, that guy. If if you want someone that knows the lake, um, he's one of a few um that know it for fly fishing not just like downrigging and stuff like that oh perfect um so tyler dunn i think his instagram handle is like tyler dunn guiding um Ooh. let me just see if i can find it yeah we'll put uh, the link in the show notes for yeah. that because that's great 100 he, he really knows his stuff uh, yeah tyler dunn guiding uh, he lives in the sioux but he fishes it regularly and yeah, he nice. really helps me out every time and now i haven't fished with them on nipagon i fish with them up in the sioux a bunch yeah um but uh you know, he's got no problem even to be friends. Luckily, he was able to point us in the right direction. But you want yeah, someone right. to take you out, highly recommended. Boom. There you go. Nice. He knows Boom. Fly. That's great. Okay, perfect. That's great. So we can put it in the show notes. So people, you know, awesome. listening, do a trip. Take a trip to Nipigon. I think it's not, I mean, geez, we got to do it, guys. So we got to do it. I got to, I got to uh, get out there. Yeah. Those pictures. Well, Mitch, 
June. Mitch, you buy a boat, man, and we'll go. <laughs> you know, June twenty twenty one is coming around fast. It's coming around <laughs> fast, man. I tell you. <laughs> You bought a car. You bought a car, so I got to get a boat. Because so I have something to tow. Yeah, like I need to have something to tow. I'm interested where you are, Mitch. You're just like hiding out in a bunker. What's up? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. Man, I got some pine pine ceilings. You know, know I'm in the woods right now. Yeah, yeah, bunker. Yeah, (laughs) a six a six bedroom cabin in the woods. I'm in uh, I'm in the family cottage out here, and it's uh, yeah, I'm in the woods. I'm up in the uh, North Frontenac in the Attica Highlands. I'm on Buckshot Lake. Yeah, and it's I'm gonna. I'm actually thinking I've had enough scotch this like time Bonneco of night. Bonneco and like that area? Yeah, by, close to Bonneco, not far from Mazinaw Lake right. and all those. But okay. I've been thinking, I'm, I'm looking at Fishing's outside. awesome. It's clear. It's a clear night. I think I might, I've had enough scotch. I might grab my fly rod and go try to catch I'll a night. blame you. Guys. You know what I'm saying? I've heard enough of this Buckshot Lake all over your podcast over the years. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, you guys will come mouth. down. We'll all come down here. We'll do a trip. <laughs> Next summer, we'll, we'll, we'll do a big SoFly trip to Buckshot. And we'll amazing. see how many bass we can catch. Hosted trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hosted trip. You, could, exactly. you could totally do a hosted trip. Yeah, you just need a flow tube. Bring your own, ba- bring your own bagels. That's what it is. Bring your own bagels and we're good. That's all it is, man. My kind of trip. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for coming to the show. Honestly, it's been super fun talking about the Nipagon and, and, and all your fly fishing life. And yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks yeah. for the invite. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll see on, the, see on the rivers. Oh, yeah, sure. oh, yeah. We'll get up fishing, and I'm sure we'll do another show down the road. Like, Matt, I know you're about to be a dad, so, yes. you know, like any day now. Close, so, yeah. You know, good luck. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Very excited. Congratulations. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's exciting, man. Life's about to change. But oh, yeah. Looking forward you have, to new, you have a new fishing buddy. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, rock and roll. Definitely. If, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to use honestly it seems a little weird but uh using nick as an inspiration how many times he's taken his little guy out on the river and stuff yeah, already awesome i want to be just like that so i love that i love that pretty cool nice that's one nick cool. on yeah doing a good job nick hell yeah absolutely well everybody at home thanks for listening and uh uh yeah again check out the show notes for for stuff to nipagon and uh you know that's enjoy the rest of your summer take take care out there be safe you know um that's it for me mitch aldo bye everybody yelma yeah, see you later. Thanks Matt, for tuning in. Matt. Take care. Nick. Bye, everybody. <laughs> all right, take care. <laughs> you can find all of SoFly's content at SoFly.ca. On Instagram, we're at the SoFly Crew. You can reach us at the SoFly Crew at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. On Facebook, we're SoFly, and our podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify.